guy. Yeah. They're right. everywhere. Yeah. You Ohio folks stick together. Don't mess around. <laughs> Yeah, what is it about Ohio? We live? What is it about Ohio? All you Ohio guys, like, Ohio? You know what? We're Cleveland? <laughs> Columbus? You guys all stick together. That's it, man. That's how we do it, man. Uh, just good people. You know, Even man. when you won the title, you're like, Cleveland, we got a champ. Yeah. O-H-I-O. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about Ohio? Why does everybody love it so much? I don't know, man. I just think it's the mentality of people. They Just the people are awesome. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just hard to explain. I think you just got to live there. Like, you know, there's people that have lived in other states and moved to Cleveland or, or Ohio and they're like, man, I, you know, I get it now. I see why you guys like, you guys are so like in depth with each other. You guys are awesome. Like you guys love each other. I'm like, yeah, man, we just, it's like its own nation. <laughs> it is weird. Like Columbus in particular is like one of my favorite places to visit. It's like one of the, it's, it's like, I get the weather sucks a lot. I get it. But the people are so damn nice. Like it's like overall, it's like, it's a really good spot. Yeah. Yeah. I, actually, I love Columbus too. I have uh I've had a bunch of uh, <laughs> blurry nights there. You know. <laughs> down there, I went to Brothers and all that good stuff. But uh, it's uh, I love Columbus too. It's one of you know going down there, and especially for like we go down to Arnold and stuff like that. Right, just right. checking it out, and you know they have a couple of MMA fights and and uh, local shows too. We have a lot, of, <clears throat> a lot of our coaches go down there for local MMA shows. Remember when they used to do the UFC with the Columbus mm -hmm. with the Arnold? Yeah, that was a, a big event. That was a, a bit. I wonder why that stopped. Yeah, they, that was always a lot of fun. I remember the one time that Strike Force there. That's when uh, Ronda Rousey. Pull the like, sucker up. Sorry, I suck at this. Right. This is my first podcast. <laughs> Be gentle. Is it? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. How the fuck is the heavyweight champion of the world never been on a podcast before? Well, I've been on a podcast like over the phone, but not like oh, in live. studio. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I think it was uh, Strike Force is when uh, yeah. Rousey and Tate fought, and that's when she yeah. like, dislocated her elbow. Yeah, yeah. Was that, was that one of them? I think. It I was? think that was one of them. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Back in the day. So what's it like walking around the UFC heavyweight champion in the world? Uh, How's that feel? Feels good. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really matter my household. I'm like fourth on the ladder. It's my wife, then the two dogs, and then me. I'm there just to pay bills. <laughs> it feels like that sometimes, right? Yeah. It's like the money machine. But um, so is everything good now? You're, you're, you finally got a title fight. You finally got uh, a real challenger in Francis Ngannou on January 20th. How do you feel about this? Oh, I think he's a great fighter. You know, definitely. Uh, he brings it. It's hard, you know. Um, but you know, unfortunately, nothing's going to change. I'm walking out with the belt still wrapped around my waist. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm excited for him. You know, he's going to get a shot. But as long as I'm here, no one's going to be champ. Damn, you have to have that mentality. What do you think about him? That's unusual. What, like, what? What about him? Other than the size and the strength, what stands out? I mean, it's power, I guess, you know, but I think everyone is hard in the heavyweight division. I mean, 260-pound man, 250-pound man, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not supposed to be hit by something like that. And, uh, you know, JD, I fought JDS, I fought Ronald Nelson, I fought Mark Hunt. I mean, I got guys who, you know, do hard. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, he's just, uh, he's a little wild, too, which is, that's tough. You know, sometimes you can't prepare for that. Because there's punches you don't see. Um, right, so the punch he hit Alistair with that wild yeah. left hook, yeah. swings wide. 100%. Yeah. Well, I, I think that was a little bit of both on both ends. I think yeah. Overeem, you know, Overeem was just kind of being a little sloppy and then just put his face right in the lane. And Yeah, Overeem's got a weird style now, right? It's a, diff it's a totally different style over the last couple of years, you know? But he does awkward stuff. You know, like when you fought him, what did you? how did you feel? Well, <clears throat> when I fought him, he was like, very traditional, moving around, running, but like mm -hmm. kept you know keeping his distance. I'm like, oh, all right, yeah. cool, it's a fight, you know. And then uh, you know he tried that that uh, lunging 
I don't know what kind of kicked to my thigh, and I grabbed it in, in time and took him down. But you know, I, I mean, I didn't watch the the whole fight with Nagano, but I, what I saw was he's throwing all these wild punches. I'm yeah. like, you know, when he fought me, he was throwing straights, and <laughs> you know, he wasn't really, you know. I think with Nagano, it was almost like he felt like he could not get hit, which was correct. Right, so he just decided to be just completely wild and unpredictable. I mean, he threw that wild lunging left hand to start the fight off, and then got the clinch immediately, but wasn't able to do anything with it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't I mean I'm, I'll find out January twentieth. You know, I think I'll be <laughs> all right. But you know, uh, I'm the best coach in the world. You know, I'm, I'm pretty confident walking in there. You know, he's a big dude, throws hard. I mean, but that's every heavyweight. I mean, doesn't yeah. doesn't take much. Well, the only time we've, we've seen him on his back was. Uh, which fight was it Curtis that he got Blades. taken down? Was Curtis Blades took yeah. him down? Yeah. That was his first UFC fight, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was an interesting fight, right? You got a chance to see. But it's it's hard to see when a guy's really young in MMA. It's hard to see a fight from three years ago or whatever that was and then look at him and say, well, that's the same guy today because it's not, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely changed in the past couple of months. Oh, I mean, for sure. It's just, you know, I think, uh, you know, he's definitely gotten better. There's no question. Um, but, you know, we'll see see what happens, you know. When, listen, I'm going out there for broke. You know, I'm going out there to win. You always do. Yeah. Now, um, this is January 20th, and right now, what was this, December 13th or something? What's today's uh, day? Second. Second? Yeah, it's December 2nd. No, today's not the second. Oh, it's not today. I'm talking about their fight. I'm sorry. Oh, no, today. Like, 13th. The thir 13th, yeah. So, like... Uh, how much time did you have to prep for this? Well, I've been prepping. You know, I've been working out. I've been, you know, staying in shape. And so did you training. have a feeling that January was going to be the card? Yeah. So yeah. like when the UFC lets you know, like, uh, what, how do they how do they do that? How does that work? Usually contact my manager, like, hey, you know, that's what we're thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, you think you'll be ready. So, you know, I was a little beat up after the the JDS fight, um, you know, with my shin and everything. Not just my shin, but I had other things and just had to heal up. That's why it took me a while. Um, you know, everyone thinks I'm just trying to hold on to the belt and just, you know. Who the fuck says that? All the time. They're fuck like, them. Oh, yeah. Don't listen to that. I don't, don't even care. respond. I don't, don't respond. respond. I think it's funny. I think it's great. Yeah, that's crazy. It. But uh, You fought everybody. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. What are you going to do? <laughs> I can't make everyone happy. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, you know, I was, I was beat up a little bit and just had a lot going on. And so, you know, now here we are. The JDS fight was interesting, right? Because uh, that shin was swelling up hardcore, yeah, I couldn't, man. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Like, it, yeah. I felt fine. Also, I'm like, man, it doesn't feel right. You know, I just, I could feel like the rush of like blood in my mm -hmm. shin and I'm like hmm they kicked me again I'm like I checked it and I was like oh my god that hurt I gotta end this <laughs> <laughs> and so I, got, I was like chasing them down finding my opportunity and you know and thank god I got it but it's so interesting that after all these years in MMA a new trend surfaces and that trend is the low leg kick the low leg kick to the shin in the calf area it's devastating. Yeah. Now, you saw it with um, Benson Henderson, I think, was the first guy to really bring it to the UFC and really, like, make it a big part of his arsenal. But, you know, you're seeing it with so many guys now. The low leg kick is just a giant <laughs> technique. It sucks. <laughs> it fucking sucks, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't condition that part of your leg. It's not no. the same. Anyway, I think some people are different. Some people, it's going to be real bad. I think some yeah. people, it's not going to be as bad. Like, for me, it sucked. Like, it was terrible. Like, going up the stairs after that fight was, like, the hardest thing ever. Just trying yeah, to straighten it almost out. looked like your leg was broken. Like, it swole up so quick, I was wondering if you had, like, a the fibula was cracked or something like that. Yeah, my doctor's actually was super pumped about it because he, he was like, oh, my God, look how deep this bone bruise is. This is amazing. <laughs> he oh, was really? so pumped, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's train with us so he's a, he's a good dude and he just loved it. he showed my coach my coach was like oh it's awesome I'm like, so what did he like put it on an MRI or something like that yeah he took an x-ray and all I think it was an x-ray or something like that and he mm -hmm. saw the pictures and he's like man this is a deep bone bruise like this is as deep as you get you know he's you know it's pretty bad yeah it, it's amazing to me that you know you think of all the techniques in martial arts that this technique 
uh, becomes like a prominent technique in 2016, 2017. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to work on my jab. You know, that's what I'm working <laughs> on right now in 2016. So over that, it takes off for a while. No, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny how, you know, mixed martial arts, there's one thing, and then like, you know, when it started, you know, there was one guy who's a wrestler, one guy yep. jiu-jitsu, one guy. Now it's, you know, trending and trending more and more. And then, you know, you got guys who are like, you know, sprawl and brawl or, yeah. yeah, it's just crazy watching how the sport evolves. It's amazing, actually. Well, you you're an interesting case because you're a guy who does everything, right? You're not a, a, a one sport specialist. Like you didn't come in as a kickboxing champ, like Overeem or like Mark Hunt. You know, you you came into the sport with everything. You know, you're you're one of the new guys. Where essentially, you know, you you do everything. You know, you're not you, you're not a specialist. Yeah, yeah, I th- yeah, I think so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wrestled my whole life, and then, uh, you know, actually, it was it was my coach, actually, who made it better, because when I started uh, training with mixed martial arts, he literally was like, I would take everyone down, I'm like, oh, this is easy, I'm right. everyone. he's like, no, 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 amigo, he's like, every time you say take someone down, I'm going to stand right back up, so you got to learn how to fight, <clears throat> I'm like, oh, and I just got the crappy out of me for, like, you know, a while, until I started, like, learning how to use my hands better, and then... You know, I took a little time off just to do go and goes boxing, and you know, here we are. When did you start? MMA. Yeah. Ooh. Ten years ago. Ten years. Nine years ago. That's not that long when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Now you're the UFC heavyweight champ. Yeah. And so, I took a year and a half off just for boxing. Really? Mm-hmm. Just to learn how to use your hands better. Yeah. It's probably a good move, right? It was a great. Best. Probably best move I did. Especially coming in with a wrestling background, but you have an overall athletic background too. Like you paid paid baseball. You know, you you're you're a multi sport guy. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, <laughs> I tried, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, I definitely wrestle. Uh, you know, the, help me, the wrestling does help me out. You know, MMA because sure, you know, of I always course. use that. And you know, I think baseball definitely helps me out too, just because of the reaction and the way I use my hips and stuff like that. It definitely definitely helps me with martial arts. Yeah, I would imagine. You know, I think that having a bunch of different skills, like uh, like, have you? Uh, you, I'm sure you're a boxing fan. Did you watch the Lomachenko? Uh, God, that guy's fucking amazing. Or Gandhi Alpha? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Oh yeah, you swear oh, like you a swear fucking, right. go fucking crazy. Fuck your cock balls. Okay, I'm good. There you go. <laughs> how, I mean, what I thought was fascinating about the commentary, they were talking about how uh, his dad made him made him take four years off and just do Ukrainian dancing. That's how he got his footwork. Really? Yeah. His father said, "You want to be a fighter?" He goes, "Well, you're going to take four years off of fighting and just learn traditional Ukrainian dancing." Yeah. I mean, his fucking father's a wizard, man. His I mean, he did something a, right. He nailed it. Yeah. He nailed it. I mean, and, they, you know, they asked his dad, like, when did you know that he was going to be the champion? He said, before he was conceived. Like, holy <laughs> shit. That's, that's some Russian shit right Dude, there. Right. That's some Ukrainian dark oh my God. Like, Soviet uh, Union type shit. Just watching that guy. I mean, <laughs> Dude, watching that dude, though, like, honestly, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like poetry. I don't know. I it wanna, is. I, it's just, he's like. Everything, oh. even body shots. Like yeah. he slides out of the way of body shots. He slides out of the way of body shots the way like a Muay Thai guy slides away from leg kicks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's he's just moves so much different than anybody I've ever seen box before. And, and then like his last four opponents, the coaches threw the towel in. Yeah, that's like, like fuck like, this. 
Fuck this. This is terrible. <laughs> if I was wearing that, dude, I'd be like, I'm done. Right when I walk in the ring. Right when I went around in, I'm like, we're going to call it a day. Just, I'm wondering, uh, but I think he's one of those guys that's like a bar raiser, right? Like where he's just raised the bar, where people look at what footwork is and they look at that guy and go, okay, this is not just like moving around a lot. Everything's so purposeful. Like when he turned around him, when Rigondeau, like he put his hand on his head and then spun all the way around him, Rigondeau's like, what in the fuck is going on? <laughs> Here. And he's a smaller guy. Yes. And he's like, what's going on? That's, exactly. That's crazy, like mind blowing. Yeah, because it's not like he got out like struck by a bigger, heavier power puncher. No, he got the shit boxed out of him. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just pop pop, double jab, pop pop. Oh, where is he? He's over here. <laughs> crazy. I mean, I, I just like watching that guy. I mean, sorry, I'm trying to get comfortable here. Uh yeah, I mean, just it's that guy. Just it's like I'm, I'm so happy to be like alive to watch this. Cause like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, because you're, like, you're like I was there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He yeah, just I watch videos on that guy. Yeah, all the there time. he is right there. Yeah. I mean, just the fucking guy barely gets hit. I mean, there's no one like him in boxing because what he's doing is he's standing literally right in front of you and he's unavailable. <laughs> it's not like he's like dancing all over the place and moving away. He's doing some shit and he's doing it in a way that nobody else is doing. Like Floyd had a lot of shoulder rolls and he's slick as fuck and Floyd stands right in front of you too and you know, he ties people up and shit. But what Lomachenko is doing is just some total next level shit. Yeah. I mean, look at I me. Mean, like, like, look what he does. He swoops his hand, hand drops. He doesn't care. You know, he knows he's going to get out of the way. Yeah, he does a lot of very interesting stuff. But I'm wondering, like, if we're going to see this in the future now. I mean, you know, obviously when Ali came along, a bunch of guys started imitating Ali. Yeah. You know, when Tyson came along, a bunch of guys tried to imitate Tyson. You always see that. Yeah. I wonder how many guys are going to figure out a way to take that to the next level. Yeah, I think, you know, I think some guys are going to take it to like, not to that. I mean, I don't know if everyone's going to catch that level. That, that That's just. Well, that, you know what the next level is? That, but with like Roy Jones Jr. power. Yeah. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. if someone figures out a way to move like that with that kind of footwork, but that one punch, go to sleep, yeah. you know, knockout power. That'd be sick. Yeah, that's probably the next level. Hopefully I'm alive for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see it. I mean, this is an f- amazing time for, for all combat sports, I think. I think the bar, like, I think with all sports, right, like if you look back at the olden days, you look back at today, the athletes are bigger, they don't know how to train better, they're faster. But I think in anywhere that's more apparent than MMA. I feel like MMA is, like, the best example because it's so new. Yeah, 100%. And like you said, like, it's always something always evolving. Like, you know, I mean... Like, like was it John Jones? You had a teep to the thigh. Yeah, know, like like that. You know, a couple years ago, and then like start, everyone started doing it, and then you know, like Benson Henderson doing the, the you know, what I mean, just I don't know. It, I just I just love it because it's, it's always evolving. You know, I mean, you really you literally cannot take like two months off, and if you do, people are gonna pass you up. Yeah, and it's interesting too. It's like there's different schools of thought, right? There's like the AKA school where you have all these killers in one room, and you have like world champions beating up world champions, and and then you have your gym, which is much more specialized. You know, it's like you're the big guy to emerge from your gym. And then it's been Jessica I and some other high-level MMA fighters coming out of your gym. But that's a – like a lot of people think that's the way to go, to have specialized training like Max Holloway has. Specialized training where, like, you know, there's not – you're not dealing with a bunch of people that are already champs. You're building champs. Yeah, that's right. Like, we're a lot – like, my gym's awesome. Like, my coach, Marcus Marinelli, he uh, – it's like all homegrown, man. Guys come in and he just makes them better. We don't, uh, 
you know, even like, you know, I don't get any specialized training like to anyone else. Like, I don't go out, you know, everything's just pushed aside because the guy, you know, like, like if the dude's got a fight, they're going first, then then I go. You know, I'm, I'm right. not I'm not better than anyone else. Yes, you know, I'm the heavyweight champ. But I don't I don't look at it that way. I look at it like, all right, you got a fight coming up, you go first. We'll push my training back later. I, you know, like I don't care. But yeah, like uh, it, it's just great watching like, you know, our gym like. Guys coming in, they're like, oh, yeah, I want to train. And all of a sudden, you're like, they come out like a few months later, and these guys are killers. You're like, Jesus. Right. Like, you know, we have a, we have a, Kenny and Lexi, uh, uh, two or five pounder kids, an animal. Like, he keeps me young. I had to, like, <laughs> he's an, he just turned pro. He's had, he won his third pro fight. And I'm like, God dang. I come in some days, I'm like, whew. Like, Isn't like, it interesting how there's guys like that in the gym, and then for whatever reason, it never clicks for them? Like, there's some guys that are just so insanely talented, but they just don't have whatever it is whether it's focus the, whether it's the the discipline to keep going when things get weird to just finally realize their potential like what separates a guy like that that's like a gym killer from a guy like you who can perform under the bright lights you know <clears throat> when i uh when i was fighting ufc i don't mean the whole story here but so when I was, you know, fighting, you know, I, I was like 9-0. I lost to Struve, and, I, you know, I thought I was unstoppable, and Struve beat me. I'm like, like, I almost didn't want to fight anymore. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this anymore. And then came back, fought Roy Nelson. <clears throat> you know, I had a couple more fights, and then I lost to JDS. And literally, when I walked in the back lock, locker room, I was just like, I'm done. And I'm like, I don't even care anymore. Like, I don't even care what happens. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to train. And all I'm going to do is put it all out there. If I'm going to win, I'm going to lose. I don't really care. It, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, but I'm going to go out there and get my damnedest to win. And I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do, and I just don't care. So, but some, so something switched in your head. Mm -hmm. well, you can kind of see it, like when you're doing. This. One of the things I've always said about you, when you walk out to fights and during the stare down, you're like stoic. You're like you give them dead eyes. You're just like you're like you're there. Here we go. Like when you fought Verdum, when mm -hmm. you fought Verdum in Brazil and knocked him out in the first round, it's like you look at it, your face while you're standing there. It's like you you might be waiting in line at the fucking car wash. <laughs> You know, I mean, you could be anywhere. Yeah, you're, you're not. You don't. You're not mean mugging them. You, you've. You almost got like that Fedor face going on, where you're just like, here we are. Yeah, you know, I get. I think I get that dead face from like when my wife yells at me. So it's kind of <laughs> like, mm -hmm. no, <laughs> no, uh, no, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I just, I looked at a lot of like, I, was, I just stopped caring. I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna like over like get emotional about stuff. Like, I don't care. Like, all I care about is like, I'm married. I got a beautiful wife. She takes care of me. End of the day, no matter what happens in this fight game, she's going to be there for me. She likes me for, you know, who I am, not because I fight. She likes me because, you know, I make her laugh. I, you know, do good things for her. She does good things. I mean, just like, right. know, like a marriage should be. And, you know, and like she, she was there before all this, you know, all this stuff happened. So, like, she's not like a, what do they call it? Uh, what's the, what's the word? Gold digger? There we go. Yeah, yeah, gold <laughs> digger. Well, I couldn't think of that. I'm an idiot. But, uh, yeah, something like that, you know, she's been there the whole time. And, you know, that's what I love about her. And, you know, and I just stopped So you anchored. I, yeah. Yeah. You know, I just stopped caring. I just like, who cares if I lose? I lose. You know, but I'm gonna go out there. I'm, you know, but I'm I'm very competitive, so I'm gonna go out there and do whatever I gotta do to win. Yeah. Randy Couture said that once. He was talking to young fighters, and he was saying, "You can't be worried about losing. The people who love you are always gonna love you. You're not gonna lose anything. You're just gonna lose a contest. And if you're entering into something like a mixed martial arts fight, someone's got to win and someone's gonna lose. And you got to learn from those losses. And you know, some of those losses, that devastating feeling, like I'm sure was there for you after this true fight, oh. that, that the rebuild from that is what makes real champions. Yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> it helped a little bit. My mom I actually took my mom there. 
she didn't go to the fight. She never seen me fight. But like, so you know, you know, in London they got those big double decker buses, right? So we're going back, and my head's like, like it's throbbing. I'm like, oh god, this sucks. I'm driving back, and my coach are next to me. He's trying to make me laugh. We're all sitting there talking, and I look out the window at the hotel, and my mom smoking a cigarette. And she's like, she's like. <laughs> I'm like, I looked at my buddies. I'm like, am I in fucking high school right now? Like, who does that? You know, and I get that right there, like, made me feel better. Like, like you said, like, no matter what happens, you know, always going to be, yeah, you know, someone's going to be, no matter what happens, they're always going to love you no matter what. Yeah, your family's always your family, your friends are always your friends. And if they're not, they were never really your friends in the first place. Exactly. You're probably better off that way. Sometimes it's good to have some losses just so you realize who's just going <laughs> to abandon you. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. It makes sense. So do you do you have any mental coaching? Do, do you do you do anything like that? Uh, I did I did for a little bit back in the day uh, after was after the shoe fight. I think it was a shoe fight. I, I talked to a sports psychologist, which it turned into about a minute talking about fighting. The next was about my personal life. It had nothing to do with sports. It was just really just all I talked about. It just it was just by half an hour. Just I did it a few times and I walked every time. And that's when I started getting that mentality, like, why do I care anymore? Like, I just mm. stopped caring. I'm not, you know, I just, I don't care anymore. Like, like what, what was he trying to, she, uh, she, she, yeah. she, sorry, I'm a sexist. No, I okay. immediately assume it's an expert. <laughs> Must be a man. How could a woman know anything? <laughs> <laughs> Such a piece of shit I am. Oh, but when you, you. <laughs> when you think, when you think about, uh, like, your, that's, that's a critical component in keeping your mental state together, right? That's one of the things that, uh. A lot of people will talk about like having a good support group around you, having a support system, family, friends, real loved ones. So in her examining that, do you think she was trying to like reinforce like what matters and what's important? You know, I never actually thought about it that way. <clears throat> maybe um, she's just nosy. May, maybe. But I've known her. I've known her for a while. Oh, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> nah, she, like we know. No, uh, but uh, she, I don't you know. I don't, you know, I thought about it, but it, we just start talking. She'd just be like, so. What, let's talk. I'm like, right. and I start talking about fighting. I'm like, yo, this, nah, nah. And then I'm like, you know, then my girlfriend, this, the girl at the time, I was like, she's doing this to me. You know what I mean? And she's like, all right. She's like, psycho. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I, but literally, I walked down, I felt like so much better. Not even just because of the fighting. I just, I think it needed to clear all the, like, all that stuff out. It just needed, like, yeah. my mind straight. They say that for people who go to shrinks. Like, if you go to a psychiatrist, I've never gone, but if you go, like, the best thing is just to talk about it. Like, most people just keep things bottled up inside. They don't have anybody to talk to about yeah. a lot of the shit that's going on inside their head. Yeah. That was my problem when I was younger, actually. Uh, you know, like, especially, like, my wife. The one thing that made us better was that I had to communicate. Because <laughs> I was like, she'd get mad at me. I'm like... <sniffs> you just bottled I would up. just hold it. And finally, one day, I'm like, ah! She's like... Whoa, 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 whoa! That was like two weeks ago. Like, calm down, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, "Well, you told me that, you know." And then now, I now it's just talking to that lady and just opening up more and just when something bothers me, I you know she hates it now because I'm like, "Listen, you know, you need to do this." Like, you know, she's like, "Oh, what's up, tough guy?" You know. Now but, you're a full time firefighter too, as well as being the UFC heavyweight champion. How the, how do you balance that? Well, I'm part time. I actually have two departments. But, oh, okay. You know, but just uh, it's just tough because being full time, you know, I didn't get hired full time, so I couldn't. You know, it'd be tough to do both. You know, if I did it before, it'd be a lot easier. But I can't just take a test because you have to do probation and year long, and then you can't. Right. Fight. So while you're fighting, you work part time, and do you have it set up where you know, like you tell them in advance, like, hey, I got a January twentieth fight. Yeah. So yeah. Like, like I already picked my schedule. So a month in advance, like uh, one station, I pick it within uh, the first week. I pick my whole st my whole month, and then 
the next station we go like you know, seniority. So when I come up, I pick my schedule. So I make sure that you know it's already picked out. So I literally work probably five times in about two weeks. Now, 12, twelve hour shift. How much does that get in the way of your training? Never. Never. Nope. No. How's that work? Uh, just cause the way I pick my schedule. If I do, I could trade someone, or someone's coming in. I make it work. And, and they're 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 amazing people. Like those both stations are amazing. They're the Chiefs are great. The guys that work, they, I mean, actually a lot of them are coming to the fight January twenty. So, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's an interesting thing about firefighters is that a lot of times you get those twenty four hour shifts, you know, and where you know you get a chance to work out, you can cook, mm-hmm. you, you know, hanging out with guys. It's like once the the duties are done around the firehouse, right? Yeah, I play a lot of Call of Duty. Do you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> They're losing the ten year old kid. It's a crazy job because when when you have to do something, what you have to do is so extreme and what's demanded of you is just insane. Like I'm sure you've been paying attention to what's going on just a few miles from here. Yeah. In Ventura. It's out of control. You know what's crazy is that we just went past the was it Getty Boulevard? Yeah, Getty Center. I saw that that, that it looked like it was like Armageddon and mm-hmm. then we just passed it today and it was like burnt. You know, it was, yeah. it, it was nuts. Like a couple of days ago that's what it would look like. I mean it was like shocking. Well, LA is a fucking mess. You know, the beautiful thing about California is we don't have any weather. Yeah, <clears throat> it never rains. But the yeah. terrible thing is, once it gets crispy. And the other night, you know, when this was all happening, uh, I was at my house and the wind was blowing like ridiculous. They were calling it a dry hurricane because the wind was so crazy. Trees yeah. were falling down all over the place. And the thought was, man, if a fire gets lit here, we're fucked. Yeah. And then boom, they start popping up. Well, it, it was a natural, like just from being no. dry. I don't think so. I think there's a lot of psychos out there. I think there's a lot of fucking people that recognize these are crazy fire conditions and they just want to light something on fire and they do and they step away and then next thing you know, it's a 300,000 acre fire. It's crazy. I think well, you, there's you, accidents for sure, yeah. but I think for sure some of this is arson. Well, that was within what, a day or two of all those ones burning? Uh-huh. I mean, that's yeah, how weird. is that possible? That's kind of weird. Yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of fucking psychos out there. That's what I think. I yeah. think there's definitely some accidents, and obviously those winds exacerbate anything that would have been a small fire. Like, there was a small fire in my neighborhood a couple months ago, but it wasn't windy, and the firefighters jumped on it quick, and they put the house down. Um, but, man, when, when the winds were the way they were, I mean, you were having chunks of embers that were flying six, 700 yards away, oh. flying through the air, this and that, and everywhere. There was no way they could stay on top of it. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's, that, <coughs> that's, that's, like, scary. You know what I mean? Terrifying. Like, like, we don't, I mean, we have, like, brush fires. <laughs> yeah, well, that's I a mean, good thing about Ohio. Yeah, well, right now, we, I think we got, like, six or seven inches <laughs> yeah. of snow, so. Yeah, listen, man, snow, you just need snow tires. That's it. You know, warm clothes, snow tires, you're good. Fucking firestorms. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, I mean that that that's like oh god, that's scary, man. Like just just reading about it, and just seeing it, and just seeing the pictures, just you know, you feel terrible for the people. You know, we actually have friends in San Diego; they had to get uh, evacuated. Yeah, they said there was eighty five percent chance that their house would be, be be gone. Jesus, they came back and within a tenth of a mile, the fire stopped. They got lucky. Yeah, I've been evacuated twice. That's scary. <clears throat> yeah, it's scary, but you know, you just got to get out quick. Throw the dogs in the back. Let's go. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, part of it's like cleansing. Like all that stuff in your house is not you. Your fucking TV or your clothes—that's not you. You're you. Yeah, you know, you'll be all it's right. It's a materialistic thing. Yeah. You always buy a new one. Yeah, just fucking stay with your grandmother for a while. You, you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, sure I mean, everybody will live. <laughs> right. As long as you get out, you're all right. You'll you'll rebuild, get back. It's sometimes it's a. I mean, it's not a good thing to lose everything that you work for, but sometimes it's a good thing to know that you are vulnerable. You know, like in these these fires, like I think it's one thing that L.A. is missing is um, humility that's brought on by the weather. 
Like, you know how it is in, in Cleveland. When it fucking snows, right? When it snows out <clears throat> and it's thick, there's that feeling in the air where everybody calms down, right? Everybody's like, okay. Like, there's no one driving like a fucking crazy psychopath when it's snow. Everybody's going real kind of slow, slow and steady. Your back tires are kicking out a little <laughs> bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that That keeps people humble. Yeah, we actually, uh, uh, was it the weekend of, uh, was it? Which one? New York, Madison Square Garden. Which one was that? UFC what? Mm, what was that? What Two, number was that? <coughs> I don't know. Eleven, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, okay. whatever it was. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I'm coming home. My wife's like, hey, you know, there's a huge storm coming. Just let you know. I'm like, cool. So she calls me again. And <clears throat> in my house, we have actually a built-in generator. So if the power goes out. Oh, that's nice. So I'm like, sweet, dude. Awesome. So every Saturday, I would hear it kick on. I'm like, awesome. The thing works. Great. Of course, the timer needs to work. The power goes out. It's dead. Ooh. So the battery busted on it, but uh, so we came home and uh, I came home and I flew home that night and it was like a like a zombie apocalypse, man. It was like stuff everywhere, like it was all dark. There was trees like on top of every. It was crazy, and then uh, they said like 15 t- tornadoes touched down within between Indiana, Ohio, and uh, and uh, PA, and so we came to my house and it was like half. I have one big tree in my yard. I have eight and a half acres. And I have one big tree that magically got split in half. Wow. Then our barn. We have a barn. It's like a. It has like a little um, soften on the side. That all got like half of it got ripped down. It was it was crazy. Like I mean, there was like so much stuff. Fall. Like we had a gazebo that got ripped down. Like you know, it was, like you said, humbling. but yeah, but it's, it, you know, like you said, it's it's humbling because you know, like, you we're not safe. So, but at least we can find out that the uh, generator didn't work. Now, now we're good because it actually worked the other day. It, it, power, it was so windy that the power went out and it actually kicked down. I was like, oh, good. Yeah, there's something that like that's comforting about hearing that. When I lived in Colorado, we had a generator. The power would go out and you. <laughs> <laughs> like ooh, I'm okay. I'm safe. Yeah. yeah. Are you handy? Do you fix shit? Like oh, you gonna God, fix no. the garage? I, I have no? a buddy, my buddy Rick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, he was over the other day. He, I was like, hey, he said, "What's that, man?" I'm like, hey, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to your house. I'm like, uh, what? He's like, yeah, I talked to you. I actually need you to fix something. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll see you at the gym. <laughs> so he comes over and does that for me. I mean, I do help him out, but it's mostly it's all him. You're lucky. Yeah. Lucky to know somebody who can fix shit. Yeah, I'm yeah. terrible at that stuff, man. I'm like, I, I make it worse. Well, especially if you live in a place like where there's fucking tornadoes. Like, can you, is there a tornado-proof house? Can you make a house like, uh, remember like Three Little Pigs? You remember? Like the guy with the bricks. You can make a little shelter in the ground. You can make a little shelter in the ground, I guess. I don't know. You know, I don't Like a little, I don't know. Like little doors. I have no idea. Right, like yeah, Wizard I, of Oz type shit. I guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to go, you'd have to make something that like was underground, right? Yeah. Like some underground dudes have that. Remember, remember when we were kids, like a lot of guys had, uh, like not a lot of guys, but people were talking about building bomb shelters in their backyard. Yeah. That was yeah. like a big thing. It's kind of like, like that. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that thing. Yeah. 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 I, well, my basement's pretty, it's not bad. It's, it's got a few like center black windows, like the. Right. Whatever, that's about it. I mean, so you probably survived down there. Yeah, yeah. good. Plus, Do we you, have like a little area in the two with like with the, <coughs> uh, uh, like the furnace and stuff, so we can hide in there. Nothing will. Do you work it. out at home at all? No, God, no. No. Yeah, I, actually, I have a, I have a three thousand square foot barn, with radiant heat, so it's like warm all year round. You know, it's awesome. And I was like, dude, you should put a cage in there. to train. I'm like, hell no. I'm like, this is my sanctuary. This is where I go and I watch TV and I relax and. I do fun stuff, you know, like, no, I'm not bringing anything. My wife does. My wife, you know, she has uh, some on it stuff. We have her little kettlebells and her little, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. She loves it. So, uh, you know, she has a treadmill yet and she just does her thing there. Yeah, um, that's probably a good attitude, right? To burn it all out in the gym and then home is peace. Yep. 
That I mean, well, as peaceful as it can be, you know. <clears throat> if I piss off the wife, then it's not so peaceful. <laughs> how do you how do you re- relax? Like when you're the UFC heavyweight champion of the world, like that's a tremendous amount of pressure and stress. Play some Call of Duty. I don't know. Just hang out. I, I honestly, I just chill. I don't do much. Like you know, John Volante. I'm him. Mm-hmm. I play with him online with a bunch of guys from New York. We just sit there and talk smack, talk shit to little kids, and so make, make yourself feel better, you know? <laughs> Imagine you getting your shit, if you're playing online, Call of Duty, and the UFC heavyweight champions talking shit to you. Uh, what the fuck? Uh, my buddy was actually, we were playing one time with Nate, and he's like, guys, like, yeah, you're gonna come over, kick your ass. My buddy's like, just let me do it. I'm like, shh, don't you f- can say a word. I'm like, just let him have his moment, you know? <coughs> Come but, over and kick your yeah, ass. Yeah, that's I mean, I get, it's so funny to get direct messages and stuff like that. You know, you're a terrible They're person. They're threatening you? Oh, yeah. They're like, <laughs> you're such a noob. And, you know, you're like, I don't know where you live. I fucking find you and I kill you. I'm like, oh. It's so funny. Imagine the thought that would go through their head if they found out who the fuck they were talking to. Well, the horror when you're some 14 year old shit talking kid, I'll fucking come to your house, stick my dick in your mouth. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> and you find out you're talking to the UFC heavyweight oh. champ. You're like, oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus, Lord. That's oh, like, what uh, have I done? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember we were, uh, we were in Vegas, funny like that. Like, some guy had no idea. Like, not being like talking shit, but we went to like um, a Bud Light party and we went up to like this one mansion. It was like, it was crazy. We were having fun. They had like, like a bunch of different Elvis Presleys, whatever they had, like all these models they hired. Some with my wife, and we're hanging out, and I'm like sitting there, like just looking straight, like not looking around, because like you know, there's right. a lot of girls, girls. I'm like this, you know. And so anyway, I'm like, all right, babe, I'm gonna, do you want anything? I'm gonna go get some macaroni and cheese. She's like, yeah, because they like rear end, they mac. I never forget that macaroni and cheese. So I went to go get some macaroni and cheese, and I came back, and she's talking to my wife, and I'm like, hmm. So I'm like, it turns around. I'm like, hey, what's up? And he's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't know. Like he was being nice. My wife was like, he's being nice. He just asked me what I was doing like but he had no idea I was with her you know yeah what a disaster yeah it was it was actually pretty funny <laughs> that guy like really like pissed his pants it was the greatest thing ever do people treat you any different on the fire station or is it pretty normal it's, get, it's gotten worse worse yeah they, they treat me like garbage <laughs> <laughs> they're like you know like I always say they give me a plunger like hey go to town champ I'm like, I'm like really you know, yeah they don't care that's funny you know, but they're good guys I mean I love them they, they, both stations they're just uh you know, Oakland and Valley View, those guys are just, they're just good guys. They're just always, you know, like they actually, when I fought in Brazil, so they couldn't go to the fight, so they flew to Vegas and had their own watch party in Vegas to watch the fight, you know. How but, convenient. They right? couldn't stay in Ohio. They yeah. had to go to Vegas. Yeah, honey, I got to go to Vegas to support oh, yeah. Stipe. He's fighting in Vegas. No, 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 he's in Brazil, but uh, the hookers are in Vegas. Yeah. So I got to go where I got to go. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, I mean, honestly, they're great guys. I mean, they're just, uh, you know, it, it, as I you know, became champ. They didn't really don't care. I, I felt bad from though because, like, Lily. So I, you won the title on Saturday. I flew in on Monday. I got home Monday, and I think worked Wednesday at the state at the one station. And Lily, like, everyone found out, and that phone did not stop ringing at the doorbell. And they were like looking at me like, "Are you serious, you motherfucker? Like, we're supposed to be taking naps right now." Like, and they're like, "Ding dong, where's ding the dong. champ?" Oh, I was so I felt so like they understood, but I felt really bad because like I wanted to relax too. You know? Didn't they have like a little parade for you? Yeah. Well, um. Yeah, it was not a little parade. It was a. I was in the. I was in the. Yeah, I'm joking. Parade. Oh, it's big. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty big. One point three million or six million. Whatever That's crazy. Yeah, oh, it was nuts. It was so hot too. Like UFC's like, hey dude, here's a here's a jersey. I'm like, are you serious right now? You want me to wear this black jersey right now? They're oh, like, they yeah. wanted to wear one of them Reebok. Kits? Yeah. Oh, it That's was hilarious. so hot. It was like ninety degrees. I'm like, and I was struggling. I was just, oh, it was so bad. But it was honestly, it was cool, man. There was you know, everyone screaming and like, there, it, you know, it was. It was so many people. It was just, just. It was great to see, you know. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, you sweating like a pig. That was so bad. 
is is it weird like walking around the street now? Like what what is a normal life for you? Normal? Normal man. Everyone's so nice. They don't don't like run me like, oh what's up, man? They're just like, Hey, good to see you, champ. How you doing? Like, is there any do you think there's any benefit in keeping a day job? Do you think like in any way it's like good for your head or anything? I think so. I definitely think so. I think it, it keeps me grounded because uh you know, we don't always talk about fighting, you know, but like it just you know, I have other things to worry about. I don't have to worry about fighting and this and that, keeps my mind off of it. But um, I think also, too, there's always a plan B. You know, I can, like, I can walk out of here, trip and fall, and break my hand and never fight again. You just never know. So that's why you keep the job? Yeah, a little bit. But I really worked hard and make my mom proud. You know, I just, uh, plus I love helping people. You know, my whole life, like I say, I've been helped. And so it's my, I want to get, because I was thinking about being a Coast Guard, a police officer. Mm-hmm. And my buddies were like, dude, check out the fireman, dude. It's a great job. Looked at it, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Get full time, twenty four round, forty eight off. That's awesome. That's awesome, right. man. Like, who who doesn't want to do that? And then, uh, yeah. So, yeah. But, but like some people would say, like to be at the top of your game, you literally must devote all of your time to it all the time, and that you wouldn't have enough time to to work a, a regular job. No, I mean I make it I make it work, man. Like I I don't care. Like you know I like, I work a lot of Sundays. I'll do twenty four hours on so Sundays. So like if you just hit the lottery tomorrow, you got a hundred million. I'm out. I'm out. You'd quit. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? But that's the point. Like, what if uh, you know? Say you you continue your your title run and you make more and more money, become a giant superstar like you deserve to be, and you start making those Conor McGregor checks. You're gonna keep that job? Yeah. Really? I will. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No. If I want to get a lot of hit ups for loans, that's right, gonna so happen. Trust me. Or been there, done that. Everyone yeah, thinks I'm, I'm sure. Dude, it's so bad. I'm like, it's like my family. I'm like, bro. I'm like, my family don't even bother me. I'm like, this is great. But like, like friends and stuff. I'm like, Jesus, really? They dude? want loans, right? Yeah. That you know is are not loans. No. Oh, yeah. Nobody's ever paying. I you get back. out one loan. The only one I've ever get out, and it came back. It came really? Back. It came back. Yeah. You got lucky. Yeah, dude. Actually, it's that guy. Uh, it looks like my brother with the mustache. Like, Ooh, steak and potatoes. Potato. You know what I'm talking about? The, the, my coach. Oh, oh. The guy right. with the mustache oh. that uh, last time we were talking about, uh, what's his, um, what's Schwab is here, and uh, what's his other buddy's name? Um, what's his name? Brian Callen? Yeah. He was like, who's that, his brother or something? He in the cage. And, oh, right, 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 right. So, right. yeah, yeah, he actually started his own business and helped him out, and you know, he's the only guy I trust. Well, that's someone that you're close to, but yeah. it's always people that you're kind of like in the periphery that have some stupid business idea that yeah. can't go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it can't go wrong. Those yeah. those people are my favorite. This can't miss. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, I don't play that game. I, plus, my wife's someone pretty much in charge of the money. That's good. So That's she, good. You have, like, removal from it. Like, hey, I can't even do anything. I'm yeah, sorry. exactly. I blame her, and she's like, she can't don't even care. buy sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't check. buy underwear for myself. <laughs> I wait for my next so fight. Who who schedules your training? Like, say if you're gonna do a, a big camp for like this Engano fight, mm-hmm. like who schedules what you do all the time? Uh, my coach Marcus. He always <clears throat> sits me down. He's like, I want this guy here. I want this guy here. I think we should bring this guy in. You know, and just we kind of just figure it all out. And so then, does he have all this written out? Like he'd yeah. like a certain amount of rounds. He wants a certain amount of strength and conditioning. Is he, so is he your, your overall trainer? Yeah, he's my head coach. Yeah, he's the one. That, Figures everything out. But we have my box coach Alex. I have my uh, strength and conditioning Bobby. Uh, you know, I have Steve. Uh, the guy looks like you know the mustache. Yeah, he's a grappling kind of more of my like, just my dude. Just kind of makes me feel good about myself. You know, just fun dude. You <laughs> know, what I mean, I tear him right. apart and talk shit to him and right. you know make make myself feel better about myself. You know, like God, you're so old and fat. And, like I feel good. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, but uh, yeah, he uh, Marcus he, he sets it all up, makes sure it's all good. You know, and, you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and then you know it's just Saturdays. I usually take Fridays off. Now, how much strength and conditioning do you do? 
I, I don't do too much. I don't I, not like I don't do like heavy lifting. You know what I mean? I don't because it's not a, it's not a powerlifting competition. It's a, it's a fight. Right. So like uh, on Tuesdays I do uh, posterior chain work for my lower back and my my half. We have a uh, you ever West Side barbell? Sure. You know the uh, bell squat. Yeah, I love that thing. Oh, dude, They're sick. putting one in here. Oh, really? You're yeah. Yeah, hey, dude, dude, Louis Simmons is the bomb. Good dude, isn't I he? I love that guy. Yeah. He's a freak. He, we had one of the best podcasts ever with him. He's so <laughs> fucking crazy. He's yeah. out of his mind. My coach is like one of like the OGs with him. Like he worked out in his garage uh, before, before it became like it is now. Like he used to like just train with him back in the day. Yeah, we went there. He gave us a tour and that whole belt squat thing. That thing's amazing. Oh, it's awesome. Plus, it, like it gives you traction, not so much strength. So you know, I do that. You know. Uh, I do, I mean, they have the new one that's even awesomer now too, which is great. You can deadlift off of it, and you can do rubber band. Like, just, they, they're they're geniuses over there, just do an amazing job. So I do a bunch of that, like reverse hypers. Yeah, I've got a reverse hyper machine back here. Yeah, they, yeah. They, the pendulum swings real good too. They that got. thing's amazing. Yeah, that reverse hyper is a back fixer. Oh, I mean, night and day. It's the craziest thing ever. I mean, if you if you have a back issue, ladies and gentlemen, please just Google reverse hyper. It is an amazing machine that Louis Simmons created, and it literally decompresses your spine and strengthens it at the same time. It is a work of art. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, you're, uh, you, you, so you, jeez, oh, I can't talk to him. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, there it is right here. Yeah. Show him. Look at me, motherfucking paper boy hat <laughs> with that belt squat thing on. It's that thing's amazing, man. Yeah. But I, I feel like having that thing on you, you would seriously develop some like real power in your in your movements and your your ability to push off. And I think for striking, that would be fucking incredible. That thing. Yeah, I, uh, I did what I do yesterday. I did three five minute rounds, uh, two ninety. So do you uh, shadow box while you're doing that? Yeah, it depends what I do. Mm -hmm. I do a little shadow. The first one I did marching, and then I slide back and forth just a little bit. Then I do a. It's kind of funny, but I actually grab the bar and I like, thrust my hips. It actually oh, okay. helps me. Like, Works my hips and helps me with my lower back. And then the next round we did, uh, I would squat, medicine ball, throw it to one coach, squat, throw it back, back and forth five minutes. And then uh, the other one I did like rubber bands. Mm -hmm. you know, keep me you on, know, just kind of keep moving a little bit like that. And then uh, so have then, you evolved this over over time? Oh yeah, you, we uh, we actually have a the one we put it back up again. We used to have a um, uh, medicine ball that was strapped up and be like a Muay Thai clinch. Mm -hmm. So we did that, you know, for five minutes. That was hard. that was terrible actually. <laughs> So that was actually not fun at all. We did that, and then we had like um, these massive like I don't know what they were. They're like, I don't know. They almost look like a like part of a boat, but there's these big metal rings, like oval rings, and they had chains on them. And we just sit there and just walk like this, and keep your hands up high, and just so just working on keep your hands yeah. up. With, Plus, with we put the Vertimax in there. You're a Vertimax. No, what's a Vertimax? So <clears throat> it's like um, I don't know, it's like a it's like a platform. The platform has got all you know like straps and all resistance. It's pretty cool. So you can jump, and, you know, punch. And, um. Oh, you know, I have. I think I have seen that before. It's like it's strapped up to different parts of your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you could throw knees yep. and punches and exactly. kicks and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, so we, we we add that to that. So it's uh, pretty interesting. And you do operate on rounds. You do like rounds. Yeah, we do you five, doing that? five minute rounds. Yeah. So like when we go back and forth of that and stuff like that, if you want to be one heavy one, when they're in resistance and. Da, da, da. So are they? Do they monitor your heart rate? No. No, no I just I just push it to the limit. I don't worry about it. You know, like, I do listen to my body if I'm tired or I'm struggling, you know. Like, the last camp for JDS camp, I don't know what I was thinking, but I did, like, I was already doing five, five-minute rounds within, like, the first, like, 12 weeks before, 10, 10 or 12 weeks before the fight. Like, I was, like, fine. I was, like, oh, yeah, I feel good. Yeah, it's amazing. And then, like, eight weeks in, I was, like, ooh, I just died. You went my, too hard. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just was being just a dumb jock. 
Well, that's what I wanted to say. It's like, like, what is the, not that you're a dumb jock, but like that is, what is the, what's the way you prepare for uh, like a major championship fight? Like, what is the buildup like? Like, how do you, how do you know, like when to push too hard? How do you know when you're peaking, when to back off? Well, every fight, uh, two weeks out, I stop sparring. I don't spar two weeks before a fight. Two weeks? Two weeks. Why is that? Just let my body rest. No more you know, building my body. You know, hurt my body. So that's one reason I made that JDS fight. Because <laughs> really? literally everything hurts so bad. I would wake up in the morning, but like, just stretching out. It just, I could feel the pain, like just my bones. Not like From just, sparring? Just soreness. Yeah, I was just being sore. And then from sparring, from doing everything, grappling, just, you know, on and on, boxing, whatever. And then, uh, you know, if I had two weeks, man, I felt like a million dollars. So back. what do you do for those two weeks out? I do power work, conditioning, running, and stuff like that. You know, just uh, just keep my mind straight, uh, my mind right, you know, uh, working on pads, just like technique, going over um, the game plan for the week, you know. Every, yeah, everybody's yeah. got a different strategy for that. Like, Matt Hughes told me he would work out hard right up until the day of the fight. Like, right. yes, he's like, that's what we've always done. It's what I've always done. It feels right for me. Like, yeah. and he puts his mind in a good place, I guess, too. Yeah, I mean, I, that's old school, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's old, old school. Though, yeah. but he worked for him, I mean, look Fuck at him, yeah, he's one dude. of the best of all time, you know? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, um, yeah. But I, I talked to another coach who said that when he was competing, that what he would do is the last week of the fight, he literally wouldn't do anything. He goes, I wouldn't work out at all. I go, nothing? He goes, nothing. He goes, I might ride my bike. He goes, I might swim a little bit because I don't do shit. He goes, I already know how to fight. He goes, I'm already <laughs> in shape. He goes, I'm just trying to recover. Yeah. And he goes, and you think about it, like if you haven't worked out in a week, when you go and work out, you're like fucking. Yeah, it's like that. You feel so so powerful and energetic because yeah. everything's recovered. Yeah. And he's like, that's how I want to be when I'm fighting. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. That's that's I think I think that's how I, you know, I still go hard. You know, I still do my rounds, and I, you know, I'm I'm pushing limit and. But, like, you know, I definitely just the last two weeks just let my body rest from getting beat up. Yeah, you know, no, it makes get sense. Get my mind right, too, you know. Do you uh, you have any sort of recovery methods? Do you do, like, cryotherapy or massage or ice baths? or? Yeah, I, um, I do ice baths on my own. Um, but I do uh, cryo now. I have a place that hooks me up. So I go there uh, back in Cleveland. I do Epsom salt probably once a week with a, with a, with a, with a menthol. Is that what it's called? Menthol with that green menthol. Is it menthol? Is aren't, it, aren't those cigarettes? No, like no, it's like, I think it's like whatever you know. It comes in like the, you need to put it like in the Epsom salt and like green, like the the, the liquid. I don't even know what that I, is. I have no so idea. it's Epsom salt, but it's green. Yeah, it's like I think it's menthol. I have no idea. I should okay. pay attention to that. You know who knows? But but, but it it's supposed to open, yeah it opens up the pores. It actually helps with people cutting weight too. But then it opens up, you know, gets everything out. And then uh, I do that like once or twice a week. I do the crowd pie once. I'm gonna start doing that here soon. Once twice a week. Um, you know, I do proteins, amino acids, all the stuff. You know, you're supposed to. Um, uh, I go to a chiropractor a couple of times a week. They ask that. They also it's including massages, so I mm -hmm. get a 20 minute massage after. So yeah, I think massage is super beneficial. I think th the more people do that, the better. I think especially for fighters, you just you're constantly dealing with knots and things that oh. could eventually become like real injuries. Yeah, I remember when I uh, I was supposed to play Ben Rothwell and and I pulled out a fight. It was like the worst time of my life. I never pulled out a fight before. I didn't know what to do. I literally couldn't bend over. Like I was like I'll never forget. I, I dropped my wallet. I was like, "What like, happened?" Just my back; it was so screwed up. Like I was driving, I, I, I was, I couldn't like sit up straight. I thought like it was, it was so bad. I, my back was so messed up. Like I would. Did you get an MRI? Yeah. So my 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 lower um, sorry <coughs> my um, what was it my L four whatever L three lumbar yeah right. lumbar they were just screwed up. They were you know they're herniated, bulging out, whatever you want to call them. And uh, so I went talk to Tom from Westside. You know, Irish guy? Yeah. Yeah, you know, good guy, whatever. He's, uh, he was like, hey, man, check out his psoas. 
the psoas muscle. Uh huh. Like, you know what the psoas muscle is? No. So it's a muscle that's connected on the inside of your thigh, inside your bone, and it goes over your hip bone and it goes to your lower back. Okay. So I was sitting there and like I would, I was like, take a shit, and I'm like, oh, like I could feel like, like my my spine, it would kill. So I started like stretching it out, and I started getting massage, and the massage girl's like. She's like, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. She's like, you touching your psoas muscle, because you have to dig and get to it, because like, you just can't find it. Right. She's like, it was like a rubber band with like bumps on it. She's like, it was disgusting. She's Ooh. like, it was a dad. So <clears throat> I go to uh, West Island, this guy named John Quint, who is a release therapist, whatever, big dude, awesome dude. He actually saved my career. He started working my psoas and started stretching me out. Well, I mean, now I can do head kicks now. i never be able to do a head kick. So it was like a muscle that just was broken down yeah. and it wasn't getting the, from, enough recovery. I think it was from wrestling, from being, you know, sure. and then just yeah. being tight all the time and then hurting my back when I was a little kid. You know, not a little kid, when I was 18, I hurt my back. And then he just carried on. And you ever do yoga? I did. Yeah, it's tough for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Of course it is. Yeah. That's why it's supposed to be good for you because yeah. it's hard to do. I, I, I probably should do it. It's just uh, it's tough. I remember forget when I was training at a gym before I started doing mixed martial arts, I was doing a yoga class and I was trying to like do it. And this lady's like, you're just too big. She literally told me that. I was like, you're a terrible instructor. Like, How do you want me to come back? Like, what? You're she, just too big. She's like, you're just too big. Your muscles are too big. That's what she told me. And the yoga out. instructor told yeah. you that? Yeah. She's, oh, she's ridiculous. I, I was so devastated. I just walked out. I didn't know what to do. I was like, this is stupid. Yeah, that's I, ridiculous. I, I lost my mojo after that. No, I, no, no. You got to get back in there. I would just think that like, for uh, for anyone that's involved in anything that's as brutal as uh, MMA, that uh, yoga is a, a great sort of balancing <laughs> thing for that. Keeps you flexible. You know, keeps your 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 core strong. Does a, a lot of you you develop like weird strength. Strength in like it, it helps the joints. It helps like a lot of the connecting tissues. Helps stabilize everything. Yeah, know? yeah, I believe it. Plus, it doesn't really go with your mind and stuff like that. Sure. Like, yeah, that's why. I, I mean, I've never I've done it like once or twice. Like I told you, in the ladies, like your muscles. I mean, like when I read about it, when I've seen about it, it looks pretty good. Yeah, I like that po- post on Instagram that I put up last night. Yeah, I saw that. From, um, let, pull, pull this up. Like, this is uh, from Jiu-Jitsu Brotherhood. This, uh, got it? What's up? Um, yoga is a martial art you do against yourself. How do you say Nick's last name? Gregoriadis? Gregoriadis. Nick Gregorius. Anyway, real good jujitsu guy. He was the guy that was in London Rio, right? Wasn't he? Use that little fancy Google machine. I'm pretty sure that's Nick. Uh, he was the, in the early London Rio. He did our podcast. Yeah. Yeah, he did the podcast a long time ago. But that's a great quote, that, that yoga is a martial art you do against yourself. How long have you been doing it for? Real serious for like two years, two and a half years. Before that, I would do it like once a month or once every now and then, but now I do it pretty regularly. We did uh, the Sober October thing. No booze, yeah. no pot, 15 hot yoga classes a month. It's fucking life-changing, man. Yeah? Yeah, I haven't done yoga since. <laughs> <laughs> Changed my life. <laughs> I really haven't, but I need to because I fucking I tweaked my uh, my back yesterday doing something. Do you a chiropractor? No, uh-huh. no. Yeah, I don't you, believe in them. Really? Yeah, no, I, love I don't. I know, I love, I'm sure you do. Oh, so good. I think massage is good, but if you do, you know how chiropractic was founded? Do you know where it came from? Mm-hmm. It came from a scam artist. The guy was a magnetic healer, and uh, it came to him in a seance that he could cure all ailments if you manipulate people's spines. 
Yeah, and then he was killed by his own son, who then, who was also a scam artist. His own son ran over him with a fucking car and then took over the business. I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yes. There's, you know, people claim all sorts of uh, benefits for all sorts of things, but there's no scientific evidence that manipulating your spine does anything. The only thing that it does show is that if you can manipulate lower backs, sometimes with some people you can relieve some of the pain. But I think a lot of that is just massaging them. Like a lot of that is just manipulating them, just just rubbing into them, giving them some sort of relief and adjusting them. But the neck is very dangerous. You know, like people that want to get their neck adjusted and feel that pop. It feels good, right? But literally people have gotten strokes from that. Oh. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I just, you know, I read a study on it and said like, you know, they did like, you know, adjusting, you know, twice a week and mm -hmm. people, uh, kids like reaction, like since sports were like quicker just because of the, everything was like lined up perfectly. Yeah, I don't think that's real. I feel like it is, though. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm just sure. I just don't think that you, I don't think your body is man manipulated that way. I think that yeah. what's happening is you're putting attention on your body. You're thinking about recovery more. You're getting adjusted. And while you're getting adjusted, getting massaged. Yeah. Like when I used to get adjusted, the best part of it was what you said, the massage. Yeah. That was the best part. I'd get massaged and then I'd get adjusted and it felt good. Like yeah. everything loosened up and... But when I talk to guys that are actual orthopedic surgeons and real doctors, like spinal doctors, and they talk about it, they're like, you're just making like a pop. Like it's, yeah. not, it's not real. Like it doesn't your, – your body would be so fucked up if like you could manipulate it one way or another and that's how you fix things. It's like that's not how you fix things. Like <laughs> if you got an injury, it's like there's a whole bunch of shit going on. Like if you have some sort of a muscle pull or a back injury – I soured on it when I had a bulging disc. And the reason why was because this guy was convinced that I didn't have a bulging disc and I didn't get an MRI and I was just going to a chiropractor and he was like pushing down on my head. I had a, in my cervical, in my, my neck, oh. it was a, my hands are going numb from jujitsu. Yeah. And this guy was like trying to tell me, just keep coming to the car, you'll get adjusted, it'll be fine. And then I finally went to a real doctor and they gave me an MRI and they're like, no, this is why you're in pain. Your disc is bulging out and it's pressing against your nerve and it's called the ulnar nerve and that's why your hand is going numb. Yeah. Like we're going to give you spinal decompression and you should try to look into some things that are going to reduce inflammation. They, they changed my diet and um, I started uh, getting something called Regenikine, which is like platelet-rich plasma yeah. where they take your blood, they spin it, they heat it up. And in the heating up the blood, it produces this radical anti-inflammatory process. And they then inject that, your own blood, back into the injuries and just fixed it over yeah. like a period of like two or three months. Then I got another MRI and it went away. Yeah. So I think a lot of that shit is just fucking voodoo. It's just <laughs> nonsense. And you think it's working or you, you, you're thinking about it or you're giving yourself time to rest while you're getting all those adjustments so you think that the adjustments are what's doing it. But obviously there's a lot of people that are chiropractors that are very skillful in all sorts of different methods of recovery, like electrical muscular stimulation, massage. There's a bunch of different things. Like Even traction. I don't know enough about acupuncture. Yeah, me but, neither. Uh, I, was wondering. I, always, I never got it done, but I always like, yeah. It seems to me like horseshit. <laughs> if I had to guess, it's just. But I don't know. I mean, maybe there's some method to it. I mean, I think that massage uh, works. That definitely works. Like if I get a good massage and I have like something that's tight and you know like your neck is fucked up from not tapping or something like that, and then you go get it massaged out, like you can fix that. Like that actually can provide you some relief. Um, and I'm sure that if you go to a good one of those people that does cupping. Like, people apparently swear by that shit. 
You know, you know, cupping. What, what is cupping, by the way? You know I, what I've, se- I've seen it like it yeah. like sucks on the bag and these like yeah. these terrible marks in your body. But I think that's half of it. Half <laughs> of it is like the marks in your body make you think like you're getting something done. But you, they take this cup and it sucks all your your skin up into the cup. And I, how does that? I don't know how it works. Like, that's look like, at this asshole. That's so that guy weird. looks like he has the worst disease known to man. Yeah. Like, like imagine like, if that was just like what happened to your skin. You got like some porcupine disease. Or the nipple disease, like a bunch yeah. of nipples. I guess like they have a vacuum thing and it attaches to the top and it pulls. Look at that. Yeah. Like, how is that like? Yeah, Olympic cupping, a practice rooted in ancient Islam. Oh, shit. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I mean, look, these fucking people are world-class athletes at the top of their game. Is cupping there? Okay, how about Google does cupping work? Cupping therapy work. It's probably probably some weird sexual <laughs> shit called cupping too. You gotta be real careful. Careful what you pull up. How does cupping work? Hmm. It's dry cupping. Yeah. How does it work? The glass cup is warmed by burning an alcohol-soaked cotton ball inside of it, and they're making a bomb. Uh, this this removes the oxygen in the cup, which creates a vacuum. The cup is turned upside down and placed on the patient's back. The vacuum created by the lack of oxygen. Well, that's this kind of cupping. But the other one seemed to have like a stem on the top of it where a vacuum thing pulls in. But what is it supposed to do? Facts. How do you feel about ice, though? I think that's very important. You think makes Yeah. Drawing up the skin. Go scroll over towards the right so I can see the Yeah. Drawing up the skin in the cup is believed to open the skin's pores, which helps to stimulate the blood flow, balances and realigns the flow of... Okay, you fucked me with this, mm. this chi. QI. Bal- realigns the flow of QI. Oh, you got any, you got any peer-reviewed studies on that QI, you fucking dipshits? <laughs> Breaking up obstructions <laughs> creates an avenue for toxins to be drawn out of the body. Again, mm. as soon as assholes start talking about toxins, oh, well, I'm just cleansing. I'm on a deep cleanse, getting the toxins out of my body. So nice. It's so nice. It's just bullshit talk. That whole toxins talk is I'm pulling toxins out of my body. The fuck you are. No, you know what pulls toxins out of your body? Your liver, you dumb cunt. That's what, that's what your liver's for. Yeah. It gets the toxins out. You're not pulling them out with a cup. For me, it's a sauna after I've been drinking all day. That helps <laughs> right sweat. Yeah. yeah, your sweat does. Well, It'll like, at least a little, little fa- filter out some of that water. That the ionic, ionic foot spa thing. That's, oh, that's yeah. the worst. Where they, they, your foot, the water turns black and they try to pretend yeah. that it's like toxins coming out of you. Yeah. But meanwhile, it's just a reaction. It's a chemical reaction. Yeah, you ever seen that? No. Yeah, they, they, they have this thing, it's plugged in, and your, your foot sits in it, and there's some sort of reaction with the water in your feet, and it turns black, and they try to tell you, oh, the toxins are coming out of your body, and then you walk out of there, I feel amazing, now I need a colonic. No, no, this is not real, ladies and gentlemen. How, what is that? Like, what are they doing? What is the exact reaction? Yeah, there's that, lots of videos you can look up where people do the exact process with not without putting anything in there. Yeah. And the water still turns black. I yeah. think it's something to do with, like, battery acid or... I don't know. Honestly, that might not be it, but it's something weird. It's bullshit. Yeah. There's, see, people want to get healed. You get hurt. You want to get healed. Like you want to believe scheme. anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, you ever heard of Reiki healers? Oh, yeah, yeah the, 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 no, they, no, that's uh, that's rolfing. That's real. That's legit. Like that's like Russia, fascia right? manipulation. Yeah. Reiki is like they rub their hands and they just pass them over your body and it, they they heal you. <laughs> we had this one uh, video that we were watching. This this one lady was just rubbing her hand above this lady's vagina, just like above it. Like, what is going on there? Are you trying to? What kind of sorcery are you using? What are you trying to? 
when you're trying to exercise <laughs> from this lady's body. Next thing I started with porno. <laughs> yeah, next thing you know, she's the number one porno star in America. Look, Bro. I did it with my hands, my healing, my Reiki healing. I met a dude last night that was a psychic healer. Told me he was a psychic healer. I go, good luck with that. That's not real. You fuck. Psychic healer. Oh, well, the reason I asked about icing because like I know there's some people that don't like icing. They like doing yeah. that like that. The insulin injury gets hurt unless it's needed, but like you know, say you sprain your ankle and you kind of just start moving it right away and get the blood flow back in there without. Yeah, you know what well, I mean. There's there's some evidence that, um, well, I think it depends entirely upon the injury. But if you look at the vast majority of scientists and sports medicine therapists and the people that are at the cutting edge of the business, they almost all use ice. Yeah, yeah. They don't think that you you're not supposed to use ice. Um, Within what was it? Who was it on the podcast? Was it uh, Andy Galpin? Who was it that was talking about the about the time frame between icing and exercise where you need to? Well, it might have been Rhonda Patrick. There's a beneficial amount of time you should wait before you ice after an exercise, like that. You you give yourself uh, a chance for more recovery and more growth if you wait a while before icing. Like say if you had a hard training session. You wouldn't want to go right to cryotherapy. You might want to wait an hour and a half, two hours, and then go, and then you'll get the benefits of the hard training, but then you also get the anti-inflammatory benefits of cryo. Yeah, you know, when I did cryo, the first time a couple times I did it, I was like, this is, what? Like, this sucks. Like, I wasted a bunch of money. Like, this is, like, I just hated it. Right. And then <clears throat> this other place, plus also it's free, which is nice. That the guy's like, yeah. Free is like, nice. Yeah, right? And the guy's like, hey, man, you know, come out. So I checked it out, and like, man, I got done with that one. It was like, I felt the like coldness coming like in my whole body. Like, so it was like, a better place. You yeah. went to a better place. Yeah, I think so. I think it was because I, I definitely felt a difference. You know, how long are you in town for? I'm leaving tomorrow. Damn, I want to take you to the place out here. Yeah, the, the, the cryotherapy, cryo healthcare out here. They have a very unique system. Their their system is, um, it's first of all the guys that developed it. What they did was instead of having it where you're breathing in li liquid <laughs> nitrogen, you know, like where it's from yeah. the neck down, which is a lot of those places. You go into it and you're breathing air and you have to have your head above where the cryo is because you can't breathe that shit in, which is how that girl in Vegas died, folks. If you, you don't know, there's a girl in Vegas that went in the tank by herself and she was too short and she was breathing in the nitrogen yeah. and she passed out and then she froze to death. But the ones at cryo healthcare, that's the normal one. That's yeah. like Floyd Mayweather in there right there where you see the, 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 the cryo stuff is all below his head. The ones at cryo healthcare, they jack the temperature way down, like 240 degrees below zero. And one of, what they do is they freeze the air itself. So the air they're pumping into is super cold air. So you go in there with full, like, you're, you're, you're breathing in this cold air. It's on your head. Your full body is immersed in this, this cold air. So it's, uh, it's way more intense. And it's supposed to have way more benefit because your head gets cold, too. So the reaction that your body has for producing cytokines and anti-inflammatory cold shock proteins, your body freaks out way more when everything is covered, not just from the neck down, but your head, too. Really? Yeah, so too, I wish you were in town. I'll take you there. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Well, you got to do this. You got some other duties? Yeah, I do. What do you have to do? Other UFC just, stuff? No, not even you. Yeah, kind of, kind of not. It's like my stuff. I don't know. I didn't want to go, but I had to go. <laughs> You're like a big kid. <laughs> oh, it sucks. I'm, my wife's like, just go. And I, I put up a little oh, fight. Oh, yeah. That's I, funny. I'm going to be home right now and just training. And like, when you have a big fight, 
um, how much of the big fight is like how much of the pain in the ass is doing press? Uh, I'm not. I want to say you're complaining about it, but I mean, as far as like time constraints. Yeah, sometimes it sucks. <clears throat> like it does suck because like you're in your center, you 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 have you're thinking about doing this, and they'll call you like, hey, you're like, oh, right? No, you know. But I understand it's part of the game, and it helps you know promote you and you know your sales and you know pay per views and all that stuff. It like does, that. but. There's like a balance to be achieved, right? That was Conor McGregor's argument. Conor McGregor's argument was when he, when he went on that world tour with Aldo, he's like, they just did way too much. He's like, by the time you're doing all this, you don't have time to train. He goes, there's no way you're going to train, recover, sleep correctly. <laughs> you're flying from one city to another country to another country, and you're just constantly on a jet. Yeah, that was like, a, I mean, yeah, when we went to Australia, I mean, I flew to Australia and I found Mark Hunt. And uh, I remember I flew more than I actually was there in Australia. Wow. I was there for like a day and a half, and I flew back home. That's crazy. Yeah, it was bad. So the flight is more more time. Like, I think it was it was like a twenty hour flight there and twenty twenty hour you know, that flight sucks. Plates yeah. of dicks. <laughs> that flight is you get out of there and you're just half a person. You're like confused and like something happens to you when you're flying. 16, 17 hours on a plane. I was there for after the flight. So I got there a week early before the flight. I stayed for the week of the flight, and I was there like three or four more days later. So I was there for three, three and a half, two and a half, two and a half, three weeks. And uh, I got home, and I literally, it was crazy. So I get home at like seven in the morning. And my brother's in my house, and my wife, me and my wife come home, and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to keep my eyes open. And like, it was like my, I was like so miscombobulated. So I get in the car, I almost forgot how to drive because I was on the other side of the, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm with my brother. I'm like, you should probably drive as well. I'm like, because I have not been on the side of the road in a long time. Were you driving in Australia? No, no. But it was just so just being there. Yeah, I was just saying the opposite side. It was just so weird, you know. Just everything was so awkward. I mean, it was crazy. We went. I went for a run, and there's freaking parrots and like, like kangaroos and yeah, shit. Like there's like just regular like it's like our seagulls and crows. They're like, you know, I'm like, I'm like running. They're like there's like rainbows, like toucan uh, sand next to me. Yeah, but Australia is a weird place, man. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But like my time clock was screwed up. I went to work a couple, a couple of days later, and like. I was still, like, four days later, and I was still, like, messed up. It was bad. Yeah, it could fuck you up for a week or two. But, you know, it's worth it just, just to go to Australia. Oh, just it's to see. amazing. It's a great place. Yeah, I have a bunch of family there. When you have a big fight with a guy like, say, Mark Hunt, where you know it could be a brawl, and that turned out to be a five-round fight, right? Was it? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, four and a half. Yeah, you stopped him in the fifth? Yep. Um, when you, you have a fight like that, and you know this is you're in there for the long haul. Do you plan on like staying for days after the fight to recover? No, <clears throat> I actually wanted to get home, but I had I was a bad boy, so they wanted me to do a couple like promotional things. Yeah, yeah. so I was like, yeah, well, no, I'm here. Plus, I get to see my family. So I have family in Australia. I live in Melbourne and Sydney. Oh, you have family out there? <laughs> oh, no kidding. Yeah, so we had oh, to hang out with them for a little bit. It was cool. Did you see that video that they posted uh, yesterday of uh, these guys in Australia with a 39-foot boat and a shark swam by it that was 20 feet long? <laughs> you see that video? It's a fucking insane video because the shark is almost as big as the goddamn boat. They have this 39-foot boat, and they have an overhead, like a drone footage of the, the shark swimming around the boat. And I'm like, Jesus like, what Christ. Do you do? I, I definitely shit my pants in that moment. There's not much you can do. <laughs> I mean, you don't have a whole lot of options. There, I mean, yeah. wow, that's like... 20-foot shark. That's crazy. Fuck all that. <laughs> and Australia has a ton of those. They're all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I, I was talking about... This happens a lot, apparently. Really? I found an like, 18-foot shark next to a 21-foot boat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that! Dude. Oh, my God. You ever see those videos, like, those whales and stuff that, like, sprout up? And yeah. Like, whoa! You know, like, right next to the boat. Yeah. Like, 
What is this one, Jamie? It's the 18 foot shirt next to the 21 foot boat. Oh my oh, god, that thing is see big. See how big the boat is. Jesus Christ! It's huge. And it's just swimming next to the boat, going, "Can I eat you? Hmm. How do I eat you? Hmm. Not sure if I can eat you. God damn, kid, get back! Get back! That was your son. Get back, you little fuck. Sit down. Jesus Christ, it's a shark. Yeah, they're they're. they're did you see the video of the guy who was diving? The real recent video. Back, and they like hit the back. Of his head. Yeah, the yeah. shark oh, came yeah. over and yeah. thumped the back of his head. You see that one guy who was uh, fishing and uh, he was like, I don't know, it was probably I think an older video, but he's like this, you know, old guys like this in the in the, in the seat, and also he's like this, and the swordfish. Half of it, yeah. No, no, the whole thing jumped in. Oh, whoa! And it was just started going crazy, and the one guy like jumped overboard because he like he didn't want to get like sautéed by this thing, you know. And the one guy's doing this, like I trying to like get out of the chair, like, trying to hurry up, you know. Like, it so was the fish was trying to get away from a shark. Is that no, why I think flew, he just, just jumped, flew he in. Just jumped in. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. I saw like I saw like that like that seal one time was like he jumped in the boat, was trying to get away from like a, a killer whale. Yeah, you dude. My my oldest daughter, when she was thirteen, we went fishing, and she was a vegetarian at the time. She loves animals, and uh, and I was like, you know, and she but she was eating fish. I said, listen, let's just go fishing. We'll catch a fish. We'll cook it. And you'll get like this sort of connection with your food. Is this what was this one? This is in South Beach the other day. This, Some guy just uh, like probably shark. ten feet off the coast. This guy's just trying to die. What it is he doing? Goes near, I don't know if he even saw it. So anyway, I'm I'm on this boat and uh, <laughs> oh we catch a marlin within ten minutes of the, the trip. Ten minutes in, we catch a marlin, which is crazy, right? All of a sudden I'm pulling this thing in, and it's not a big marlin. It's probably like 80 pounds or something like that. We get it into the boat, and they beat the fucking thing to death with clubs right in front of her because that's what they do. They pull it in, and then just fucking thump, 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 and she's sitting there. Oh! And then they, they put it on ice after that, and then when they put it on ice, it's like still alive. Every now and then you'd hear... Like his tail would be flapping out, it would be spazzing, it would come back to life, and they'd thub it in the head again. She was a vegetarian for another year after that. Oh. Took a while. Man. Took a while to turn her back around. <laughs> My thought was like, we're going to go catch some mahi-mahi, this is going to be great. Yeah. Like, it's It'd hard to catch time. a marlin. You usually don't catch a marlin. Yeah. And we caught one within 10 minutes. Yeah, it was... Uh, I, I mean... And you're, you're like, you're trying to be like good dad. You're like, I'm going to take a fish and then they're just yeah, the uh, smash, the smash the smile right in front of her. It just was the total wrong experience. Like my uh, youngest daughters, I took them fishing and they caught little fish and it was a great experience. It was like what I was hoping for. Yeah. Like they caught little fish. We brought them back to the restaurant. The restaurant cooked them. You were staying at a resort and that was great. I was like, whew. Nobody got clubbed. <laughs> I was terrified the first time I took him. I'm like, if you're fucking four and you watch a marlin get clubbed to I death, mean, yeah. you might not ever bounce back from that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what I would do if I, like, if, like, if I was a child and saw that, I'd probably be scarred for life. I, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> it's, I fucked up. I didn't, I just didn't, that's the only time I've ever caught a marlin, too. I've, I've gone ocean fishing a hundred times. Yeah. I've never caught a marlin. Yeah, I know, you must find learning ocean fishing. Oh, it's the best. Is it fun? Yeah, man, it's amazing. Yeah, the only thing that's a, kind of a bummer is a lot of times they just want to troll, right? So they're just pulling the lines behind the boat. So you're not really actively doing anything. Uh, I like casting. Yeah. You know, like the best uh, ocean fishing I've done is in Mexico 
for um, I think they're either skipjack or amberjack tuna. I forget what they're called, but we would go and there would be uh, they would follow these seagulls and bait fish. So like the bait fish would be frothing on the water because the tuna were underneath jacking them, and then just cast into them and just oh, it was amazing. Where at? Where in Mexico? Uh, it was outside of uh, Cabo. Oh, okay. So it's like uh, no, no, it's outside Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, it was outside Puerto Vallarta. So I'm not sure like what part of the ocean it was. It's great. You know, it's it's like when you eat a fish that you caught like an hour ago, you realize like, wow, this tastes way better. Yeah. It's amazing. Like what how the, the grading of the it's the kind of the opposite with meat, because with meat, like you can eat a lot of meat fresh right after you kill it and it tastes really good. But much, much of like like the best cuts of meat that you get, like from a butcher or from a, uh, a really good steak restaurant, they let it age. You know, they let and apparently they do that with tuna, too. Like when you get sushi, I didn't know that. No, me. Yeah. yeah, they let that shit age. I love sushi. sushi. Do you fish? Uh, I mean, I used to like back in the day. Yeah. But I. How do you have time? Right. Yeah, I'm kind of busy. I have a little pond in my house, but I don't think you have, have a pond. Yeah, it's it's not like not huge. It's probably like twenty yards by like twenty yards. It's not big at all. But uh, we do have like massive turtles, like like the one in the that, pond. Yeah, well, actually, I had no idea. So like, <clears throat> actually, we made a bet. One of the UFC fights, and a bunch of my coaches were over. And I was lit up having fun, and like, and I never bet. And they're like, right, "I bet you this person wins." So I was like, "I'll take that bet." Like, what, what, what you know, who's, what happens if you win? I'm like, "If you, if the person that wins, <clears throat> you know, you can do everyone to pick whatever, you know." So I win. I'm like, "All right, you guys have to get in the get in my little shuttle boat, and you have to go across the lake." And we did snowballs at you. It was winter, <laughs> middle of winter, and they're like. No, I'm like 100. percent You're gonna do it. So they did it. And the best part was it was half of it was covered in ice, so they couldn't go anywhere. And from the pedal, it sucks. So they're just sitting there. And I'm I'm drilling them like, so whatever. And we do our thing. And and all of a sudden, like months later, my wife's like, "Honey," she sends me a video of these these massive snapping turtles. They're like hate fucking each other. Like really, the ones like sitting. I wonder if I can find it on my phone. The, the ones like this, and I will get some bags. Like, and also the girls like. Like tries like bright face off. I'm like, what the Whoa. fuck is going on? It was like, but they were like, I mean, they, you know, they had both had them that big. They were massive. And then I looked over and they had like a bunch of babies and they don't. And their necks are so long. Like you have to grab them by like by the behind. Cause yeah, like, they'll, they'll bite your hand off. Yeah. So those uh, just moved into your neighborhood. Is that what happened? Or no, were they always well, there? Where I live, like it's weird. So I have like a private drive from my house. You can't see my house off the driveway, so we have like a little pond, and so. Yeah, but the, were they there before? Yeah, they've yeah, always been there. They've always yeah, been there. Yeah, they, they, they go back and forth. There's a little pond next to it that connected where our driveway is. Cook them up, turtle soup, must be <laughs> yeah. half decent if you cook it right. Yeah. Um, what is your diet like? Uh, you know, usual pizza, beer. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I frowned upon that. I mean, I joked around about that, but we had Courtney DeWalter in. She's the woman who won the Moab 240. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That chick is a fucking savage. Yeah, she beat every man. Every person who entered that race by a marathon length, two hundred and forty miles, Didn't and she, she was she was ahead by more than twenty miles. The next person, the second place person, was more than twenty miles behind her when she won. So it's just it's, it's like an, it's like an ultra marathon. Yeah, yeah. So three days for some people, wow. but for her, she did it. In, I think she did it in two. Right? That's she, cool. She's an animal. She's That's a fucking animal. Anyway, beer, nachos. Candy. That's what she eats. <laughs> Beer, nachos, and candy. And we were like, what? Like, I expected some sophisticated ketogenic diet protocol where they're monitoring her fucking her, her ketone levels and her blood and, and checking <laughs> yeah. out her, all of her portions are mapped it's out. It's like Ivan nope. Drago running around. Yeah. Like, yeah. When she was here, she just kept eating candy. She was just eating candy, like M&Ms and shit. 
<laughs> she said, I mean, I mean, I get like, I, you ever, yeah, Icon Meals? Yeah, those that, are great. I love yeah. them. That's right. Yeah, yeah I work with so them. So you get a meal so. prep. Yeah, yeah, so they send me a bunch of stuff. It's good. Um, you know, but I'm you know, don't I'm a heavyweight, so I don't go. You know, right. I mean, you know, some days I love pizza. Like, you can like, do whatever the fuck you yeah, want. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't like. Have you, you know, ever thought about trying to go to 205? <sighs> we thought about it, but it'd be really tough. What do you weigh now? 240. Yeah, and you're not fat. So will you like even if you got super lean, you're probably looking at two twenty five and then a hard like a twenty cut. Yeah, they're at two twenty five class all day. Yeah, like easy make that. Easy I make. think there should be one. Me too. I think there should be a lot more weight classes. I really do. And I know there's a resistance because they want to keep the sport pure. They don't want it like boxing with yeah. a weight class every four pounds. But I feel like if you look at guys, there's a lot of guys that I think are tweeners. You know, they're like, they're not quite. Yeah. Well, you're a heavyweight champ. You oh, can't yeah. say you're a yeah, tweener. That's true. Yeah. You're like me. Yeah. But you can't well, say that because yeah. you're the champ. Yeah. But there's true. guys that. <laughs> You know, like Diego Sanchez was always a good example. He's a little bit too small to make 55. When he tried to make 45, it was a disaster. Like, he, But if there was a 65-pound weight class, I think that's perfect for him. And there's a lot of guys that, like, 70 to 85, that's a big jump. 85 to 205, that's crazy. That's yeah, 20 yeah. pounds. Yeah, no. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think definitely a few more weight classes, not like yeah. every I think pounds. every 10 pounds. Yeah, I think it'd be great, too. I think I'd be on board for that. Um I think that's the move. Every 10 pounds, and then when you go 205, 205 to 225, 225 to – it should be unlimited. Yeah. It shouldn't be 265. Like, that seems silly to me. Yeah. But I think that, too, with those guys that are unlimited, that, that, that will, they won't last long. <laughs> they might not, but Ngano's cutting weight to get to 265. He weighed 250 last Friday, I thought. No, no. He weighed oh. 260-something. He oh. weighed 263, 263 or 264. Yeah, no, he's oh. cutting weight. Oh, cool. Good yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah, he's I'm a big okay. fella. Yeah. But obviously there's pros and cons to being big, and the, the con is the if you're getting into the third, fourth, and fifth rounds, yeah. you know, those big guys are not known for their endurance. Did they say that the weight class – like. There's like there's a, there was always a thought in MMA, like when Cain Velasquez was on top, there was a thought that that might be the perfect size, like 240. Like anything bigger than that, maybe it's just like not worth it because a 240 pound man could basically knock out anybody on the planet. Yeah, you know, so the power's still there, but you have more. Like nobody had more endurance than Kane. No, you know? no, I think I think so. I think being like 240, you know, you still got the cardio, still got the strength, still got the speed. I mean, that's, I love being where I'm at. You know, I don't try again. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not gonna push more. You ever thought about gaining or no? No. No. no I mean, I've I've, I've gained. I remember when, after Mark Hunt night, man. I went, Mark Hunt night, I kind of went on the deep end and just went on binge drinking and finding me wife for like living it up of life. And actually, I stepped on a scale. I was like, What'd you weigh? Two fifty nine. Wow. I never weighed in my life. Did you take a picture like holding your gut? No, I didn't, actually I looked exactly the same. I really? I just looked a little bit thicker. Nothing like bad. So it filled out good. Yeah, it was a good, yeah. I think a lot of them asked, too. So, so if you were yeah. a chick, it would have been a good move. <laughs> Man, I would have been twerking all day. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, don't, Toy Ram, go back to the whole ultra marathon thing. Yeah. So I'm a weirdo, and so I found out about ultra marathons, so I go on Wikipedia and I start reading all about it. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> they were talking about, then I read, like, the top three guys. Like, they're crazy. Like, the one guy was, like, the, the first ever ultra marathon guy, like, that did awesome was it's a cattle runner, cattle, like, Guy, cattle farmer guy. Cattle farmer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, so they run through the night. Well, he, he didn't sleep at night, so he would just run and keep oh, running. Jesus. He didn't run fast, but he, so he, but then they had another guy. I oh, remember. I saw that guy. I saw a video about that guy. And then yeah. And then uh, there was another guy. He uh, he was like 30 years old. He had like epiphany. He was like he was drinking one night, and he just got sick of like, he just was drinking one night for his birthday party, put on his shoes, and just started running. Realized he had, you know, he could still run. 
and he like tore it up again. I don't know who the guy's name was. He's like American. And another guy, he was like at one point he was sleeping, running, and like he still like while he was sleeping he was running. Yeah, he was or like while he was they, running they, they, he was sorry, sleeping. They, yeah, I can't talk. Give me a break. But he's like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> but he's like they, they, they literally watched him sleep while he was running. Like he was sleeping. Whoa. I, I don't remember. And the guy like he like twisted. Snoring. No, no, I'm saying, you know, I'm saying he was just running. Like right. he just, I don't know if he was snoring, but like they had another time, like they were saying a story about he like twists his ankle in the beginning of the the race, and it was like the size of a grapefruit. He still destroyed everyone. Waited at the finish line, high high five everyone across the finish line. Like, wow! Like I it's gonna bother me. I don't look it up. But he was like, uh, I don't know. It's like, did you find this it? Is this is the one guy, the uh, yeah. Cliff Young Shuffle. Yeah, that's the yeah. yeah. That's the cattle rancher guy. Yeah. yeah. So he he does, he kind of has a shuffle. And the idea was that that shuffle allowed him to save energy because he wasn't uh, wasn't like picking up his legs like really high. He's just kind of like shuffling along. Yeah. I remember this guy. Yeah, look at him. It's, he competed without his false teeth because they rattled when he ran. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He was 61 when he showed up and no one thought he was knew what he was doing. They didn't know what he if he knew what he signed up for. Wow. Meanwhile, he won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the history's filled with guys like that. It's like everybody thinks they know exactly how everything works until someone comes along that's a completely unique version that no one has seen before, like that guy doing yeah. his little shuffle. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Or like this Courtney Go DeWalter chick. She, she just won. She just beat the world record for the most amount of hours a woman has ever run in 24 hours. She's a freak. And again, candy, drinking beer, it's nachos. <laughs> like watching those people like run marathons, like it's crazy. Yeah. I remember one year I had my one coach, he did like security detail for like the Cleveland Revco Marathon. So I'm like, I sat there. It was the worst day of my life though. Like I literally sat by in the van driving five miles per hour behind people running. And so I did like, like fell off. I'd pick them right. up and take them to the finish line. But like, it was just crazy watching. Like they were so like, like nuts. I remember the one guy... <clears throat> We stopped to check on him. He's like, sitting like, uh, and like, you're right. And they got an IV on him and stuff like that. He's like, yeah, I'll be fine. He they put an IV in him. He went to go finish the race, right? And this guy's like dead on us. Gets IV, go, comes back to life. He's like, I got this. Goes, I guess, starts running again. And I'll never forget, we're about to be done. And I see the guy running. He's about 100 yards away. And he starts like tripping and falling. And he, he couldn't finish the race. Wow, 100 After, yards away? Yeah, he's like literally 100 yards away. He couldn't, he couldn't finish it. I was like, oh, I felt so bad for that guy. <sighs> But like, he was like literally about to fall, pass out the first time. They put an IV, fell gray. He's like, I'm good. Leave me alone. Took off again and then. It's, endurance racing is a totally different kind of thing as far as like the mindset. Like if you think about a five-round heavyweight title fight is a grueling affair, right? It's 25 minutes of throwing bones at the best fighters in the world. But it's still 25 minutes. These motherfuckers, like this Courtney DeWalter chick, she's running for three days. It's crazy. What is the this? End of the Dallas Marathon. This was a lady that was winning. She uh, got to the end and she just collapsed. And this this girl helped her. She's like a high schooler. Oh she was running God. one of the like, shorter races and just saw her and just like was compelled to help her wow. finish. Did she still win the race? She's yeah. She, she was. I guess the lady said she was afraid she was going to get disqualified because someone was helping her, but they still she still won. I would give, give that chick some of that money. So <laughs> yeah. someone's helping her. That seems weird. S sort of helping her. You can kind of tell well, she doesn't. Really she's care picking her up though. She's picking her up every time she falls. I feel like um, that's cheating. I don't, they might have had some rules. I don't Listen. know. Listen. Hey, hey. What about the rules when people Tell that bitch to get back her medal. No. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just what kidding. About, what about that's that rule when they poop himself? Yeah. They poop himself or something like that. Is that legal? I don't know. They, they said do. in fights now, if you poop yourself, they stop the fight. Oh. 
A lot of guys have shit themselves. A lot of guys, famously. Yeah, I mean, I wrestled a guy in college one time that shit his pants. I remember Michael Chiesa. Who was he fighting? Uh, Benil Dariush. And right, right before the fight started, he leans over to the cage. He goes, "Dude, he goes, I might shit myself during the fight." I go, "You serious?" And he's like, "I gotta shit so bad." <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> and he wound up choking out Dariush. Oh, thank God. And we were talking about it afterwards. He goes, "Bro, he goes, something will happen during the fight. It went away, but I was convinced I was gonna shit myself." Really? He goes, "I just got out there and I was like, oh no." That's the worst <laughs> feeling. I would be a terrible feeling. That'd be like Arlovsky, like where my whole time room they're coming to get me, and I'm like, you know what? Let me just. Shit, make sure. Thank God I shit because whatever came out of me, like it was like just disgusting diarrhea. And I'm like sitting, like I get done. I'm like, imagine holding felt, that in. Oh yeah, I, I, I didn't feel like I had to go, but I was like, you know, just checked me on the safe side. You know, man, thank God I fucking. That was a big win for you too. That was a good one. Good start of it all. Yeah, it was a big one because it was like uh, definitive. It was like you were marching towards the title, and then when you blasted Orlovsky out, it was like, all right, this guy's the guy. Like this is the next guy. Well, it took a little longer than that. But. Yeah, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that was like the definitive. Like where you're like, I want my fucking shot. Like where's my fucking shot? Like right then and there. Like that was sort of one of those moments where like you got to give this guy the shot. Yeah, yeah, I know. Appreciate it. You, you helped me out with that too, so I appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know I'm a big fan. No, I appreciate that. And then yeah. the title fight, man. Holy shit, that must have been amazing. Knocking out Verdum in Brazil like that with one punch. I mean, holy shit, that was like one of the best title fight winning performances ever yeah it was a good night man yeah you know i actually work on that a lot step over right across and the guy chasing you down just get yeah. an angle you know and you know it was just uh it was just uh, what a great night you know i just I, I i wouldn't be there without my coaches honestly they're just great people of course they're, they're just like the stories i'm there just because they put so much time and effort into me like i'll say it all over and over again but they're just amazing guys and i'm very lucky to have them in my corner well they're very lucky to have you too you know it takes both you know, and you're right. You you know, you have a great relationship with your coaches, too, which is very important, I think. Like, like you were saying about having a, a great wife, having great friends, having a great support system, like all that stuff, like for your mind, for your mindset, it's great. But having coaches that you have a great relationship with, that you really, you know they're looking out for you. You know they're working hard for you. You guys are in there together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> this is what I love about my head coach, Marcus. I looked at him like a long time ago, and I was like, man, what's the way you retired today? He's like, Pfft. More time to drink wine, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what I love about he's him. Fine, yeah, yeah, you know, he's like, I don't care, dude. You can do what you want. I just joke around, see what he would say. You know, he's like, bro, he's like, whatever. He's like, I listen. I just want you to be happy. You know, that, that's, that's the I best kind of coach, man. That's yeah. the best kind of coach. That way, when you retire, and the worst is the kind of coach that wants a guy to fight when you really know it's over. Yeah, you know, when the guy really should be stepping away, and then you see them, you know, trying to give the guy the pep talk, and you know, you know, the best days are in the past. Yeah, that's why Mark is actually real good at that. You know, we've had a couple guys that were like, I want to know. He's like, he's like, yeah, I ain't going to be in your corner. He's like, you Ugh, should retire. You know what I mean? He so would, he, hard. It really killed him inside of telling that, but he's like, listen, you, no. We're not, you, know? you know what? This is an important po- point to talk about. You remember that feeling that you felt like after the Strew fight? It's like you've got to kind of figure that out on your own and come back <clears throat> on your own, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And some guys – they have that feeling, and then they're never the same again. They never reach those same. Like, you got better, for sure. You rose above that. But some people are dwarfed by bad performances or a bad knockout or what, whatever it is, and they just never, they're never the same again. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think it's, you know, there's two different type of people. Either they're going to be go above beyond it or you're not. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah, but there's also stages in your life, too, right, where you just don't want to do it anymore. Like, you see some guys who are, at one point in time, great driven fighters, 
and then the grind just gets to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand. Like, I mean, I, I was just talking to who they're talking to about this. Volante. Yeah. I've seen the last, I mean, I've, I've had, I mean, 11 UFC fights. I think more than 11 of those have been five rounders. I've trained for five rounders. That's insane. Yeah. My third, my fourth UFC fighter was a five rounder. Yeah. And even if they didn't go five rounds, you're still, still doing training a, for five. Yeah, you're doing yeah. a camp for five rounds. I mean, I mean, yeah, a lot of them ever since. Then. The Verdun fight was so crazy because I almost think you benefited from it being in Brazil, because it seemed like Verdun was so emotional and so ramped up because it was in Brazil. He's like chasing after you, which I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, I think a little bit too is that you know we knew exactly what he was going to do. And yeah. so he did everything he wanted to do, and he just, I just wasn't falling for anything he wanted. You know, right. he went for a flying knee, he went for a takedown, he went for a body kick. I just wasn't giving him anything he wanted. You know, and I think he realized that I wasn't going anywhere. You also caught him before that big punch, too. Yeah. When we, we watched the fight, we did a fight companion. We watched the fight. You clipped him early, and I was like, he's hurt. Like, you could tell there was something going on, like, when he got hit. Like, and then he tried to get it back. And, you know, when a guy gets hit and then just tries extra hard to get it back, like, a lot of times they're exposed and you just caught that right hand perfect. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> what was that feeling like, man? Awesome. Like, <clears throat> so when I hit him, then he fell, and I was like, holy shit, he fell. You know what I mean? Because, like, <clears throat> when was the last time he's been knocked out like that? Right. I you know what I mean? Like, I just, he was out. Like, Junior I, was the last yeah, time. Yeah, I was like, like really early on. You know, and I was like, he's on a tear. And I'm like, holy shit. So I gave him a couple uh, uh, extra ones. Right. And then, you know, um, I stopped the fight. I was like, I looked over, I saw my coach. I was like, oh, hell yeah. yeah. So I ran over, and I was like, I'm, you know, like, no one heard us before that, but I, before I said, I'm a world champ, I looked at my coach. And I'm like, we did it. We did it. You know, that's what I told him. I was, we all did it. You know, then I saw a world champ, and I kind of went like Frank the Tank. I blacked out and didn't remember what I said after that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it was uh, it was just it was awkward too because it was so quiet in there. Now here was myself screaming. I think oh, it was amazing. Was, you know, it was amazing. We were clapping when when you were when you hopped over the the octagon and you're standing there. You're like, I'm the world champ. I'm the world champ. You're like, it was like setting in. Like you could see it. Those moments, man. Those are some of my all time favorite moments when a guy realizes like the biggest dream the biggest accomplishment of his career thus far at least and to see a guy like you win the title it's just there's nothing like that man it's nothing like that yeah it, it was just great you know it, you know it was forty five thousand. we had about 15 people there so <laughs> forty five thousand people rooting for fabrizio verdun yeah, actually it was forty four thousand nine hundred eighty five. i had 15 there for me so forget and then it. boom <laughs> yeah it was uh my, my actually my my brothers and my cousins and uh they're all the top row with my buddies and when I knocked them out, they all were going, yeah, they're going crazy. And actually, you know, they're like, oh. Yeah. And they're all like, all, all the Brazilians are like, I'm like, what's up, bro? You know, like, what's up? And they're like, we're sorry. They're like, it's okay. You know, congratulations. They were really nice about it. You know, they were. They were oh, that's know. cool. It yeah. must have been silent in there, though, when you dropped them. Oh, it, would, it was, it honestly, it was so awkward. Like, it was so awkward. Like, it was just, because I remember hearing myself screaming, like, I'm like, yay, we got him, champ. You know, like. <laughs> what was the crowd doing? Nothing. They were just quiet. I mean, wow. I, it was just quiet. It was really like I, I remember hearing my, hear my wife screaming. I hear I heard her screaming, and that was about it. Wow. Yeah. It was uh, it was awkward. You know? And then you know, Clean was like a towing one eighty. You know, that was yeah. just, that was crazy too. I'm sure. You know, getting put on my ass and then getting up and went in zombie mode. And didn't care after that. <laughs> wow. It's a crazy time for you. You know. Yeah. You're the UFC heavyweight champion of the world. I mean, one day you're going to look back. You're going to be talking to your grandkids. 
you're talking about the time like now when you're the fucking champ of the world. Yeah. That's pretty intense. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I just have some, you know, that, uh, you know, my, be proud of my wife, my wife, my mom. You know, he's like, hey, you know, my son actually did something with his life. You know. <laughs> well, what I'm excited about too for the for you for this Engano fight is there's going to be a lot of people buying this on pay per view. This is going to be a big fight. Mm-hmm. You know, and these big fights. This is what makes uh, you know a champion popular. I mean, this is really, this is. I mean, the, historically in boxing, the voice said that the health of the heavyweight division just represents like boxing overall. I don't think that's the case anymore. Because now in boxing, you got all these lightweight guys like Gennady Golovkin, Canelo Alvarez, uh, Lomachenko, all these yeah. big stars now that are emerging in the lighter weight divisions just because they're so skillful and talented. Andre Ward. But I think in the heavyweight division of the UFC, um, it's been a while since people were like really pumped up about a big heavyweight title fight. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm excited, man. Listen, he's a good, tough dude, you know. I mean, he can bring the pain, so why? But uh Unfortunately, I'm not walking out without that belt. I'm, I'm still a champ. I'm and still. When you see a guy like that, what preparations? Like, what what do you think is different about him than guys you fought before? And what are you going to do different? Well, I mean, I mean, every guy's different. I mean, every fight's different. You you know, like yeah, everyone's like, oh my god, it's punching power. I mean, listen, there's a lot of guys that hit hard. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's there's no question. He does hit hard. I mean, but I'm gonna not be stupid, put myself in a position where I'm gonna get hit. You know, I'm gonna do things that. Make him feel uncomfortable, and, and I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. I'm not gonna sit there and let him do what he wants. I'm gonna dictate what I want. When you see the rest of the heavyweight division, do you see any standouts or any guys that are coming up that are exciting to you? Ah, uh, honestly, I don't pay attention. You don't pay really. attention, not really. That's I mean. that's a f- fascinating thing because some people do. You know, like I talked to Matt Hughes after Matt Hughes got beat by BJ Penn. And this is what he said. It was really fascinating because he had—he's got so much courage, that guy. Like to say to say this in an interview as well. He's like, honestly, it's a relief. And he's like, being the champ was like so much pressure. It was just—it's overwhelming. So having this happen, honestly, right now, I feel relieved. And I was like, wow, wow that's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not like he gave up. I mean, he fought his heart out, but yeah. he got caught and got choked out. And then to go from that to say, you know, honestly, it's a relief. And then rebounds and then gets back on the horse and you know probably had to have that experience just to have the perspective that you or I don't know if you ever had the perspective that you have but your perspective is different in that you like you don't seem to be concerned well I mean I'm concerned there's no question I think every fight you're con- you know I'm nervous and <clears throat> always you know never know what's gonna happen that's what you know as real as it gets because you never know what's gonna right. happen but you're but not I, concerned at all these guys nipping at your heels all these guys coming up the ladder well, it's part of the game it's what i signed up for yeah you know i mean would it, would it not, <laughs> if i if i didn't want to do it i wouldn't do it you know i knew that you know one day i'll be the champ and i knew there were people that come for my belt yeah I, I understand that and, you know and then you know there, there's a lot of good guys out there that I mean, you know, like, you know, uh, fighting JDS, fighting over in Verdum, you know, Nagano. Right. I mean, they, they all want a piece of it. You know, I understand. Like, they, no matter who it is, it's not even just me. It's just whoever. Man, when Kane was fighting, you know, when, yeah. you know, I just, over Doom, you know, I never wanted a piece of the title. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing, too, because what we're seeing today with MMA, we're seeing this combination, like this marriage of fighting with promotion. I can't do it. Yeah, you're I, not that guy. I hate it. But, but you not being that guy is promotable. This is what it's like. It's almost like 
no, first of all, I don't think the UFC has enough resources to promote every fighter adequately. Because I think UFC is uh, a promotional entity, but it's also like the sanctioning body. You know, like the, not the sanctioning body, but they're the ones who put on the fights. They're the ones who decide who fights. And you've got a 500-fighter roster. Whereas, like, in other organizations, you would have a, you, you know, you would have a bunch of different venues and avenues where different fighters could go. When a guy like you is the heavyweight champion, blue-collar guy, works as a firefighter. You know, you got a great story. You're a fun guy. Like, does it frustrate you that people expect you to talk shit and and get? I mean, you, you've seen all these guys that are getting a lot of attention now for it. Obviously, Connor's the master at it, right? Yeah. But you're seeing other guys that are, you know, trying that route, trying to say outrageous shit to try to get attention. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna be a copycat. <laughs> I mean, right. Plus, um, it's too exhausting for me to figure out what I'm going to say and like what I want to say and hurt someone's feelings. I don't like. I don't care. Like, right. I got. I got more important shit to worry about. Like I got like my kitchen. I had to figure and fix that. Like I don't. I need to worry about that. I need. I didn't worry about like what the next guy was going to fight was going to say or was going to say it about. Like right. I'm good, man. Like I'm just going to do my thing. I'm going to go on there. I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to walk out. I'm be champ. Like, it's, I, I'm torn because on one hand I'm like. I love a good shit talking session. I like shit talking. Like, listen, if it's the fire station all day, man, I'll, right. I'll shit talk to the best of them, you know, but like, I just don't want to go out of my way and just right. hurt someone's feelings I don't even know. Yeah, but like Colby Covington, like he's making a name for himself, but he's making a name for himself, not just beating good guys like Damian Maya, but talking mad shit. Yeah. Like talking shit in Brazil and, you see when Fabrizio overdo him, hit him in the head with, with a bang boom Does he have to go to court for that? I think he's got to go to court for that. Like, he should let weeks. it go. Uh, he's got to fly all the way to Australia to go to court for that? That's crazy. So let it go. Come on. <laughs> fucking boomerang. <laughs> he wasn't trying to hit him. No. I mean, he wasn't trying to kill him. He just threw whatever he had in his hands. I don't know. It's pretty sweet, though. I mean, give him a fine. Give him a little fine. In, uh, in Australia, right? Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's like hitting someone in the head with a koala bear, right? <laughs> You got a, a bottle of Vegemite or something like that. Oh, God. Yeah. So, oh, that stuff's so salty. It's, I like that stuff. Do you like it? Yeah, I do. I, I, never had it. I did it one time. It was so salty. It's good with butter. Is it? Was, it? Yeah, with butter on bread. Um, but the, 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 the thing, like, has there been any pressure on you to try to talk some shit, to try to, like, promote things more? No. Get, I mean, they tell me, like, you know, you're your own promoter. I'm like, well, okay. That's what they say to you? Okay. Like, how does the UFC say it? Like, I mean, no, I mean, it just... I, I don't know, like, I don't really care what, you know, they think want me to do, like, promote. I'm not going to promote myself. Like, I'm, right. like that's what you, you guys are in a promoting company. That's what you're supposed to do. You guys do that. You know, I just, you know, I think they'd rather, you know, 50-50 with it, but I don't see it that way. Well, I think they would rather someone who just promotes themselves. Like, so, Conor McGregor's a perfect example, yeah. but he's a fucking unicorn. Yeah. Like, every he's now amazing. and then, yeah. one guy comes along that has, first of all, he has an entire country behind him. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never seen anything like that. Like, Ireland's not a big country, but it seems like they're the biggest country in the world <laughs> when Conor's fighting. Yeah. I mean, he's fighting in Vegas against an American, and there's more Irish people in the audience. I mean, that's just bananas, right? Yeah. But when they got a guy like that, they kind of get spoiled. Like, hey, this is this is how you got to do it. You got to do it like Connor does it. Well, not everybody's Connor, you know. So, like, for a guy like you to see all these guys getting a lot of attention, and they're very good fighters as well. In, in Connor's case, great fighters as well. But the thing is, the shit talking, like that's that's sort of what's ramping everything up. That's what's getting all these people to buy the pay per view. Right. Yeah. I mean, if someone came at me, you know, I mean, of course I'm defending myself. I'm pretty witty. Right. You know, I'm not. I mean, I'm a fireman. I get shit talk to every day by you know 
five or six guys. So like, but like, like I said, like I just want to go out of my way and just just I have other stuff to worry about, like training wise, and like what am I going to tweet today? What am I going to right, right, I mean? right? Like just, it's too much. Made Chael Sonnen's career. Yeah, I mean, other I, than being a great fighter, but yeah, it did. Chael's like career really took off when he started talking shit. If people remember Chael in the early days of his career, he was a gentleman, never talked shit. Yeah. But then somewhere along the line, he's like, Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck. And That's it's like, my belt. <laughs> and it's like a, a WWE promotion. Yeah. I and mean, everybody's going crazy. And Chael took it to a new level. Like, Chael opened up uh, the door to a lot of shit talkers of the modern era. He really let them know, like, look, that guy promoted the fuck out of Did some he, fights. Do you, like, take classes or anything like that? I'm not, I trying, to be, so. I'm not trying to be funny. Like, I mean, he Chael's just, very smart. Yeah, you yeah, ever yeah, talk yeah. to him? No, yeah, he's very intelligent, yeah. Very smart. I, mean, I did a couple of his radio shows. Exceptionally smart and very articulate. Very, he's got a great vocabulary and just knows. See right there, I have no vocabulary. I'm not uh, articulate. I'm screwed. But you're you. <laughs> you got just, I think I've always said that. Like people just need to. It's it's almost like there's no way. I mean, other than like maybe having a podcast or something like that. There's no, and I know that Tyron does that now. Tyron Woodley yeah. has his own podcast, and I think a couple other guys maybe as well. But. It's hard. It's hard for people to get to know you. All they see is this stoic fireman who goes out there and fucks people up. You know, they're not, which should be enough. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say. It should be enough. But it's like, to, it's hard. I think it's hard for the UFC to figure out how to promote everybody. No, yeah, I understand. I mean, there's, you, know, you said there's 500, 500 people on the roster and all that. So, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. What are you going to do? Well, Can't that, make everyone happy. Well, I, mean, I think the embedded helped me out a little bit. Yes, I the embedded's are great. I think those help me out a little bit too. They help you out a lot. Yeah, no, they get like a chance to see loose. who you really yeah, are. The last thing I live in the comments. Uh, it's, it's either as I'm too loose or my wife's got a fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> Both might be true. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with uh, the, you know. Just, first of all, I can't read the comments. Oh, I love it. I laugh. Do you? I laugh. Do you, so, they don't so freak you out. Back in the day, back in the day when I lost a stream or anything, like I was like, people would write me like novels about how bad of a person I was. I should kill myself. Like, I was the worst <laughs> fighter in America. And I was in the world. I'm like, oh, oh my god, god. Oh, oh my god. And my wife's like, stop reading it. So I deleted my my Facebook account, my personal. Did you? Yeah, I deleted it. I went and then. Then, then I get my epiphany. I said, "Screw it! I don't care anymore." So now, if you watch my Instagram once in a while, I'll tag I'll some dude tagging me or something. He'll be like, "What's up, Joe? What's up, your you know?" Say say something stupid like he's right. like, you're, "You're a paper champion." I was like, "He's like he's a fake. He's a paper champion." I'm like, "I know, dude. Totally fake and a paper champion. Dude needs his ass beat." <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I'll put. And right. I'll, it's me. You talking about me? And these guys are like. And they won't put a word. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, come back with me, something, man. Right. Like, you know, like so. I just like now. Nah, I don't care. I just laugh at it. I just think it's funny as shit. You know? But isn't it kind of a waste of energy to engage with those people, or you actually enjoy it? I actually enjoy it. But I see, think the, it's funny. You know what well, the, the difference best, is? Half the people that usually hit me up on a message and they're like, "Bro, I just love you, champ. I just wanted to get a reaction uh, out of you." I'm like, "Oh, you're that guy." That guy. Yeah. That, those guys are the saddest. Yeah. But it's also like after this true fight, you were at your lowest. So you're reading comments when you actually lost. Now you're reading comments when you're the heavyweight champion of the world. It's like, what are you going to say, bitch? Yeah, it's true. What the fuck are you going to say? You know? <laughs> Kiss the ring. <laughs> the, the worst thing you know, they could say is they can't say anything. You're, you fucking, you're the champ. Yeah. You know, you're going to lose someday. Oh. Like, that's the worst thing they could say. Yeah, probably. But Most likely. Yeah. I mean, if you keep going, eventually, you'll be gonna, 80. Yeah, Someone's I mean, gonna kick your ass. that's going to suck. Yeah, I mean, everybody, if you keep going, will lose, including Mayweather, including everybody who's ever lived. If you keep going yeah. long enough. Yeah. Father Time will kick your ass. 100%. And someone will be there to help him out. Fuck, I, I'm, yeah. I go mow my three acres once a week, and I'm like, I get done, I'm like, Duh! How I'm old are you? I'm 35. 
You're, you're still all right. You still got a couple of years. Heavyweights, uh, they say, mature later in life. No, not when I cut the grass, bro. I feel like I'm 95, <laughs> man. <laughs> I get down and my back is like tight and sore. I'm like, God dang. From cutting grass? Yeah, yeah. I got a big skag, man. I fly around. I get down and I wake up in the morning. I'm like, I'm like oh, like everything hurts. I'm like, oh, What's bro. a big skag? Ska- it's a 61-inch. Like, it's like a, a commercial lawnmower. Oh, you got one of them bad boys? Yeah, Those yeah. seems like fun. Oh, it flies. But that, that hurts your back? Yeah, because I'm always bouncing. Like, oh. It's not perfect level sometimes. The fucking daily grind of MMA training, like what that's got to be doing to your body. Yeah. Like when you were talking about how you barely get out of bed, like some days, <laughs> most people would think like they see you fighting like this fucking guy's just doing cartwheels all around his house <laughs> all day. and It's so bad. <laughs> like I wake up in the morning and my wife's like, hey, I'm like, hey, should I keep me your coffee? I'm like, oh. She wants you to get her a coffee. Yeah, it's it's what I, it's what I do for. Her. Who's the fucking champ? Oh yeah, no. Who's I, the champ? Like I'm fourth in my the house. The champ doesn't get coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like fourth in my house, man. It's like her, the dogs, and me. Like I'm, I guess I'm there to pay the bills, man. I, they, I think I that's good for you, though. I really do. I think that's healthy. Just like have somebody you got to answer to sometimes. I love it, honestly. Like you know, she takes care of me, man. She does a lot for me, and so it's the least I can do for her. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's a good woman. She, she, like. Like I said, we had that, that like the big storm. I had no idea what to do. She called insurance. She screened with them, got more shit we didn't we need them, you know, that we needed. And I wouldn't. I'm like, oh yeah, that's fine. They gave me like a little check, and I've been fine with it. You should film like you getting out of bed in the morning. Maybe you should do something like that for like Instagram. <laughs> do like an Instagram video. You here we go. <laughs> I mean, people just don't. They don't know because well, all they're seeing is you KO and Fabricio Verdun, knocking out Junior Dos Santos, raising your hands. You know, all of the glory moments. I think that's one of the things that Embedded does really well. Is they show like, hey, this is a fucking grind mm-hmm. for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks until you get into a cage for a fist fight. And this is a fucking brutal way to get by in life. And it could go 30 seconds or in yep. 25 minutes. Yeah. Which, which of course, rather go 30 seconds and win. But Yeah, maybe they should do something like that for this fight. Like really like follow you from beginning to end. Like fo- see, see what it's like when you're getting up in the morning and then just put it together for something after the fight. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it sucks. Some some days, man. You know, like uh, you know, some days I'm all right. But other days, I'm like, God damn, it's it, I'm so sorry. Like you know, I mean, like man, this sucks. Like I sleep wrong. Like, unfortunately, we let the dog sleep in bed with us. So like, oh, no. I get I get like one eighth of the bed. I have a king size bed. So my uh, wife sprawled out, like, sprawled out <laughs> like a skydiver. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, like, I'm like I'm like I'm like honey, can I have some covers, please? You know, like yeah. And then the dogs are farting uh, in your face. Uh, that was, last night was so bad, man. Primo, God, that dude, hot yeah. stinks last night. Yeah, I had her move. My dog was watching TV with me last night. <laughs> Farting up a storm, dude. It's not, not cool. <laughs> it's the worst. But you, when do you like have a, a like? How do you know when to call it? Like, if you get up in the morning and you're like real fucking sore and you just can't, how do you know when? Like, maybe I should take today off. Uh, I usually know by that night, the night before. Yeah, I talk to my coaches, you know, and you know they'll be like, "Hey, how do you feel?" And just how my sparring goes and stuff like that, or grappling, whatever I do, or some type of my condition, like my sparring session if it's you know, MMA kickboxing or boxing or jiu-jitsu whatever it is they just watch me and they're like how do you feel and I'm like oh, I feel like shit and they're like alright you know what just take tomorrow off and leave yeah. it like that or just take, you know, take half a day and then work out at night and when you do take a day off do you do like ice baths or like how do you uh, how yeah. do you try to accelerate the recovery yeah usually like ice bath Epsom salt or something I just, or I, I just do nothing I sleep all day I literally just eat and sleep all day 
just sleep, just catch up on rest. Yeah, it's good. It's interesting though because there's no real set thing where you can know when to do it, and when not to. He's got to do it all by feel. Yeah, I think I think just knowing your body. I think it's one thing I've uh, I picked up well on since I've started fighting is just knowing my body. Because you know, I think uh, you're, you're you're the best critic on your body. Because like you can't like back in the day we used to do caveman training. You know, like I feel fine. You know, I'm, right. I'm fine. But here's another thing too: is like we're so used to training a certain way. You can get through with those workouts even if you're tired and sore, but I can go and pick up a bag of groceries and blow up my back. Right, right. Like, you know, I pick up a baby or put put on my shoe. Like, I never have it, but I just, you, you do random stuff that you don't do every day. Like, you know, you, you pick up a bag of groceries, you're like, oh, my back, oh, and your back goes out, but then I can go and spar five, five minute rounds and I'm, my body's dead, but I, yeah, I can make it through just because I'm so used to my body being, you know, right. going through it. Which, yeah, that's the weirdest thing, right? Was you do the most ridiculous hardcore shit, and then like you just go to tie your shoes wrong, <laughs> and something tweaks. Yeah, like what is that? Like what's causing that? Right after, actually, after my Overeem fight, <clears throat> we're sitting there and uh, we're we're on a boat with my buddy. We're on his, with his parents. We're hanging out. We're just, you know a couple cocktails, a little day drinking. We're hanging out, driving around Brown Stadium in the water, and he has this little like four pound dog. I was like, oh, what's up, little girl? How you doing? I, I go to pick her up, and I'm like, and my back went out. After the fight? Yeah, it's after the fight. Like That's a, a week later. A week later. How I'm, crazy is that? I was like, oh. But you didn't like, go fully, fully. Like, I, I felt it. I'm like, okay, we're good. We're good. I'm wow. Like, so then a couple of days later, I didn't do anything for a couple of days. So I went to spar and hit a double leg. My, my pinched the nerve in my back and went. I was out for a whole week. That's crazy from picking up a dog. Four pound dog. <laughs> I fucked up, man. It's like, what the, I mean, I get, I get punched in the face by a massive man and then this little dog fucks me up. <laughs> I was uh, going to Vegas once for a K1 bout way back in the day. There was uh, some K1 fights in Vegas we we're going to go watch. And I'm in the shower on the way to like, like leave the house. I'm like taking a shower. Oh, this is going to be fun. Can't wait to see these fights. And I just, Turned to grab the show, the soap, and pop, something popped in my neck. I was like, fuck, out of nowhere. So I drove to Vegas like this the entire way, like four hours. And every time I had to turn, like, to look behind me to park, I had to literally turn my whole body oh. like this from just turning to get, grab shampoo or something. Like, just turning. Pop. Ah! Like, no idea what it was. Doesn't make any sense. We just, just turn around and just... Every now and then. And it fucked me up for, like, two weeks. For, like, two weeks, my neck was fucked. Oh, doesn't make any sense. Do you get adjusted? No, didn't get adjusted. <laughs> Maybe I should have. I was trying. Maybe I should have. Maybe I should have gone to a chicken doctor. To, they kill oh. a fucking duck and whack it over my head. Some voodoo shit. <laughs> I mean, look, mate, this, I'm not saying that going to a chiropractor is a bad thing. Some yeah. people, I'm sure it works. But when you know the history of what it, like how it got started, yeah, I didn't know that. it's a little wacky. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's, a, there's some pretty good articles about how wacky it is. <laughs> Look into it. But there's a lot of like it's interesting because there's a lot of methods of recovery that some people swear by, like the cupping thing or like electrical muscular stimulation. Or you ever see those Norma Tech boots? They put those things on your oh, legs. They, have you ever used those? Mm -mm. No. Then you hang upside, upside down. No, no, no. Oh, those are uh, they're like uh, it's like like you're putting on pants. They go all the way up your oh, legs. Oh yeah, they the squeeze your legs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. For they, circulation. Yeah, they have like. They, they're supposed to be really good for recovery. Yeah. Like, it's interesting how so many of these things, it's like they're just trying things out and they're trying to figure out, like, what works for you and what doesn't work for you, you know? Yeah, when I had knee surgery, uh, they had this awesome, like, contraption, like, wrapped around your leg. And she's like, how, how like, compressed you want them. Like, I want, you know, we're, you know, eventually we'll get it tight. So she gets it tight now. So the cold water comes through and it gets super tight and constricts it and pushes all the bad blood in. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome. I love it. What'd you have done with your knee? It's a scope. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's my fifth one. So fifth one. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. On the same knee? <laughs> no, I had uh, two on my right and three on my left. <laughs> yeah. Talking a big guy. I'm be crippled when I get older. Do you run? Uh, I do. I use an anti gravity treadmill. What's an anti gravity treadmill? So I put on these super tights, these super tight things, and I zip myself up, and I, and you can go like half your body weight, sixty percent of your body weight, whatever. And you hit oh, the you button. in the water? Is no, that what no, it is? it's air, and it lifts me up. What? Mm-hmm. Really? It's pretty badass. Yeah. Um, what's the benefit of that? Just uh, so I don't pound my feet as much. Is that it right there? Yep, that's it. Whoa! So it doesn't pound your feet. Like so, because I'm 240 pounds, so right. I'm like killing my feet and my leg and my knees. So it lifts me up, makes it a little bit easier. But does it? It can't possibly be giving you as hard a workout. Oh, though. definitely. I'm running at 9.5 miles per hour. Right, but you're running at 9.5 miles per hour at less than your body weight. Yeah, I'm still running at you know 20, like 200 some pounds instead of 240. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying so, like, yeah. so, like, so, like, so if I go half my weight, I'm running at 120 pounds, and then. 75 percent i'm running like 200 some pounds whatever it is it still works i still i get a great sweat i'm still breathing hard you know what i mean i'm still pushing myself is that like one of your main forms of cardio yeah that and i do like a lot of uh you know pad work at you know at the sparring so i get done with sparring i do my rounds and i get done i do either pad work for like 20 minutes straight right after and then i do some uh sticks with my coach you know working my head moving mm-hmm. just keep my stance all the stuff. foam foam yeah sticks. well whatever they made they made some weird contraption Probably, I, would, I have no idea. Do you do any other machines like a Versa Climber or any mm. anything swimming? Do you do any swimming? No, no, no. I do a lot of I wrestle. I'm sorry, I started to wrestle here um, soon. You know, so a mostly a lot of it is old school training. Yeah, which is probably the best way anyway. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I I, I run twice a week though for sure. There's no question. I like running just because. Like, I run hard on Mondays, and then Fridays is more of a recovery run, let my body rest. You but know? you're doing it in this thing. You're yeah. not running on the concrete. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like running. I think it just it feels so much better in my legs. Like, I feel hard times better. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, especially when you're, you know, you're dealing with 240 pounds pounding on your knees, and you've scoped out all the cartilage and shit. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. They're doing some stuff now, though. You should look into, like, talk to Dr. Davidson from the UFC. Yeah. They're shooting stem cells into knees and regenerating cartilage and mm. meniscus tissue. Hmm. I yeah. check into that for sure. I mean, I definitely when I get knee replacement when I'm older. So knee replacement. I don't, I don't want to have that. Oh no, I don't, you don't, I don't want that. Yeah, exactly. No. I don't think that you're going to have to do that anymore. I think soft tissue stuff. They're going to be able to fix that. Oh, thank God. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty damn close. They're be, they're able to do some pretty incredible shit now. Yeah. And um, they're well, so you can grow your teeth now. Really? Yeah, my wife just posted. Hold on. They grow your teeth. They can grow your teeth like the PRP, like something like that. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Jamie will find it. They yeah. can grow your teeth. Yes. Yeah, something about this couple months ago. They put a little scaffolding yeah. of some kind, and then they use some injection to regrow teeth. I don't know if it's Jesus. in full use yet, but like it's definitely on the way if it's not. They're going to be able to grow all kinds of shit. They're going to be able to grow body parts. Our great-grandchildren, they're going to cut their hands off and grow new ones if they don't think they look good. <laughs> yeah. Kids going to be like, my hands looked ugly. I wanted long, slender fingers, so I cut them off. Like that. Oh. Yeah. That's the world we're going to be living in. 100%. Yeah, it's going to be superficial. Well, not just superficial, but bizarre. Like, you're going to be able to, re- you know, they've already regenerated a bunch of different body parts. Like, this one woman had bladder cancer. And so they made her a new bladder with her own skin. They used her own skin and um, used uh, stem cells and grew her bladder in a Petri dish and then put it back in her body. And yeah, works great works. Now. I don't know how great it is. I haven't talked to her about her pee. The promise of growing new teeth. Dental stem cells could revolutionize treatment for patients who face extractions. 
Wow. Growing new teeth. Fuck, what a weird world we're living in. Right? That's got to feel good for you, though, to be thinking about the future. Like, all the stuff you're doing to yourself right now, all the <laughs> injuries and getting banged up. Yeah. I'm going to be able to squirt some stuff in there and fix everything. I'm good with that. You good with that? <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. All right, Steepy. So, uh... January 20th, everybody should watch UFC Heavyweight Championship live from Boston, Massachusetts. I'll be there. I can't wait. Good luck to you, brother. Hey. Thanks for doing the show, man. No, really thanks for having it. me, man. Glad great. we had you on. No, for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Amiocic, Heavyweight Champ of the World. Let these bitches know. What? Let them know. Cleveland's in the house. O-H-I-O. <laughs> thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure, brother. I know.